is the Day Zero Update for March 22nd, 2020. I'm Philippe Alpha. I'm Patrick Mifflin. I'm Brandon Perkins. I'm Chris Logie. I'm Dan Rev Victoria. I'm Teresa Sammons. And I'm Lee Lamb. All hands on deck this week. Um, because And we all hate Skype. Because we've got nothing better to do. <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're all uh, self-quarantining or forced quarantining, depending on where you are. Uh, yeah, it's getting a little on the weird side. Uh, nothing too crazy has happened yet over here, so uh, we're kind of lucky there. But uh, yeah, it's a very strange time to be alive in, I guess, is what I would say, because... Uh, I would like to go for a walk, but you can't really do that right now. So is quarantining a Canadian thing? Because in America, we quarantine. Well, yeah. I mean, because we pronounce it properly. <laughs> <laughs> you start talking about SNESs too, Phil, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> Did you I've call honest... sneeze? Uh, no, no sneeze. Uh, I've, I've never heard quarantine before. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... It's a thing. It's how that works. So, uh, tomato, tomato, I guess. We'll, we'll call it off and just keep going on that. But, uh, yeah, so... Well, let's avoid that rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> let's just do that. Today's show title is going to be Quarantine with a Y. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's, I'll do that. Uh, so, let's get into what we've been doing this week. And uh, it's kind of been an interesting week gaming-wise because there's been some major releases and... I'm pretty sure most of us have had a lot more time to play because we're not going anywhere. So, nope. Uh, yes, for me, uh, PC Building Simulator is still a thing. Still playing it. Uh, still really enjoying that and Fight and Rage, which, uh, uh, yeah, you guys need to check that out because it's uh, yeah quite a bit more involved than I initially thought it was. Mm. Uh, very good uh, side-scrolling beat 'em up and. Yeah, it's tidying me over nicely until Streets of Rage 4 comes out, which, uh, given that limited run, just uh, opened Hopefully pre- soon. Yeah, since they opened pre-orders for a uh, you know, physical version, it's probably not too far off. So, And uh, then uh, on Friday, I got Doom Eternal, and on Saturday, I refunded Doom Eternal. Oh, no. Yeah. Can't play this game. Uh, really, like, I did like what I what I was playing, but got to a point where it was, like, they were throwing so many uh, monsters and shit at me, and then oh, I'm getting killed by stuff that I can't even see. Uh, it just got to the point where it was just too frustrating, and I was like, no, this game is just not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it makes me wonder if uh, during playtesting they didn't get anybody who was over 40. Uh, right you know because it seems like if you're a 20 something you probably wouldn't have too much trouble with that but even on like the the easiest setting i'm too young to die it's still fucking hard yeah it's just like you know maybe they'll do some balance patches or add another old man mode uh difficulty setting that that might be a way to to fix things but uh for now i'm not gonna uh spend my money on it Probably wait for. Is a it sale. actually called "I'm Young to Die"? Yeah, the, yeah. the easiest difficulty is "I'm Too Young to Die." Then there's uh, uh, this game's the... totally. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Then there's uh, the, the the normal difficulty is called "Hurt Me Plenty." Uh, the uh, just like it was in the original. Yeah. Then it's uh, I think it's ultra violence is the hard one, and then the uh, 
a really stupidly hard one is his nightmare. So, yeah, you got all that. Uh, and I think if yeah, you... Yeah, the, the, the same difficulties from the first Doom. Yeah, but I think that after you beat the game, you unlock Ultra Nightmare. Um, so okay. that might be a thing. If you hate yourself that much, uh, I guess you could do that. So, yeah, so I'm going to wait for a sale and then probably pick it up again. But for now, yeah, it's not, not for me. So that's kind of it for me. What about you, Pat? Um, NHL 20 still. Um, to a lesser degree, some franchise hockey manager six. Still feeling my way around that, though. But I figure I'm going to have a lot more time with it here pretty soon. <laughs> so um, any content I might be um, I might be able to create with that might be sooner than sooner than it seems. Um I don't know. I'm I'm at a point now. I'm on the other side of payday, and I could probably pick something up, maybe Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. But um, I don't know. I'm not I'm not really feeling anything right now. You know? Yeah, I get you. I do. I'll probably take a look at some take a look at some marketplaces. Um, I looked at PlayStation Store. Nothing really grabbed me. Um, we'll see. And that's been my week. Yeah. Uh, well, as for me, yeah. Uh, Doom Eternal. <laughs> I, uh, so, I actually started playing it Thursday night. Um, I had, uh, basically pre-ordered it at GameStop, and those who don't know, uh, GameStop decided to release it a day early because it was also going to be originally releasing alongside Animal Crossing. And they didn't want to, you know, pack that many people in. The one I was, the one I go to had like a 10 person only policy going for the time being. Um, Mm. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Phil is not wrong. This game is hard as balls, even on the easiest difficulty setting. Um, part of it is due to the fact that you've actually got a lot more options to deal with now. Um, for one thing, they have uh, they've changed up the the chainsaw a little bit. In the in Doom twenty sixteen, the chainsaw was something that you had to you know you had to use because you need you needed fuel, and if you used it, you know you'd get like a rainbow shower of ammo. And you still do that here, but the difference is that in this case, um, the the chainsaw will always have a single unit of fuel in it that recharges over time, uh, because otherwise, uh, ammo is actually really a lot more scarce this time around than it was in the first one. Um, you can, of course, get more fuel for the chainsaw to get like bigger enemies, but you know those require like two or three cans. This one, you, you know, you can only use the, uh, you can only use it, like, at its basic for, like, you know, the zombies or the imps or, I guess, the gargoyles, I guess is what they're called. Uh, those guys are also there, too. Um, and unless you get another, a uh, couple other things cans, uh, you basically have to kill the other guys the regular way. Uh, also, you've got a lot more options as far as, like, killing goes, because now... Like your basic sort of 
equipment has kind of been upgraded a bit. Um, probably the one thing that's most immediate now is the you know the uh, arm blade that your armor gets now. Um, that's kind of like the most immediate one. Uh, eventually, you also get a sort of a shoulder-mounted gun that works both as a bomb launcher and a flamethrower. And with the flamethrower, you can actually light enemies on fire, and they will start spewing out armor. Um, you know, as long as they're burning, and then when you kill them, they basically explode into armor pieces. The other thing, though, is... They really are a lot more aggressive this time around than they were in the first game. Um, they don't screw around. Like, in the first game, they kind of slowly sort of introduce you into it. Not this time around. They literally just dump you right in the middle of the shit. <laughs> and they are immediately getting ready to kick your ass. But the good thing is, as challenging as this all is... I never felt like it was unfair to me. Um, it definitely can get a little much, and there are points where it can feel like you're getting overwhelmed, but there's always places where you can like jump off to uh, like a corner or something where you can, like, okay, I can take a small breath here. Um, one of the things I think some people might have a problem with is... If you remember in the first, uh, uh, well, not the first Doom, but T Doom 2016, um, they introduced some light platforming elements. Yeah, they've got more of those here. Um, and it's first-person platforming, so... Good fucking luck. Yeah, um, yeah it isn't actually... <laughs> yeah, it isn't quite as bad as I thought it would be. Um, but... You definitely have to kind of get used to it because on top of the fact that you're there's these light platforming elements, there's also like some additional elements like uh, those bars that you use to sort of swing over. Um, and then there's also the air dashing mechanic. Um, and then, of course, there's the wall climbing. Oh, yeah, there's wall climbing in this game. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, most of the time, it's not terribly difficult, but here's the thing. Depending on how you're approaching the wall itself, um, if you're, like, dashing into it, you will, like, automatically latch on to it. But if you're not, or if you dash towards it, but you're a small, just a slight distance away from it... Uh, you have to hit, like, R3 in order to latch on, and sometimes it's forgiving, and sometimes it's not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah. Uh, I think they, they pilfered some of the people from Games Workshop for this game, because this thing is just soaking in 40K. <laughs> like, seriously. Um Right around the point when you see, like, the image of the giant mech stabbing a giant demon on a hellscape, it's like, I think these guys might like Warhammer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, visually, this game is amazing. <laughs> like, legit, astonishingly so. 
Um, and also, much like uh, with Doom twenty sixteen, there is a lot of world building and story here, but they regard they relegate most of it to the menu, so it's not intrusive or anything like that. Hmm. Oh yeah, and uh, the Fortress of Doom, which is like the little space station that the Doom Slayer you know uses as its headquarters. Yeah, you're gonna want to explore that because there's a lot of fun stuff in there. Yeah. Um, like, uh, you know, those, uh, it, it, his bookcase, for example, is a lot of fun in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> or the guitars that he has, or the, uh, you know, collection of comic books, or the, you know, the magazine for the, quote, mortally challenged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, of course, I'm also playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, too, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Chris, what about you? Uh, yeah, so I'm still playing uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Uh, basically got uh, Blathers Museum set up for the upgrade, uh, which then takes another day for them to get that actually put together. So I've still got a pile of uh, creatures outside of his building uh, waiting for him to open up again. Uh, yeah, set up for the new store, uh, which took a bit because the... Uh, the requirement was uh, 30 of wood, soft wood and hardwood, as well as 30 iron nuggets. And the iron nuggets were the, the pain in the butt. Because uh, you have to go around and hit your rocks uh, uh, in the hope that you get uh, enough of that out of them. And I was hopped up on fruit, so I actually destroyed one of them. Oh, no. Before I realized <laughs> what was going on. Uh, yeah, like the... The nice thing they've done is that if you eat the fruit, uh, you can uh, essentially have like a super-powered version of how you interact with everything, uh, which is nice if you want to like organize your fruit trees, uh, whereas before you would have to cut them down and plant the fruit where you want them to grow uh, and wait uh, a few days at least for that to happen. And here... Uh, you can, when you're on fruit, you can just dig up the tree, uh, which after you've picked up all the fruits, uh, it's the one way you know uh, what tree is what. Uh, so I am probably going to end up doing that at some point, pulling out all my uh, fruit trees and putting them in a specific part of the island uh, so that when I get new fruits, I can uh, go do that uh, in that area also, instead of wandering uh, around all over the place. You can also pick up a whole coconut tree when you're using Nook Miles to visit uh other islands, and um, take the whole coconut tree home. Okay. You don't have to bring just the coconut home. Wait, what? Yep. Okay. See? Learn every day. I didn't do it. My <laughs> kid did it. I can't claim yeah. uh, I can't claim firsthand knowledge on that one. He, yeah, I got the also, upgrade for the inventory, too. Yes. Also, also in the more. past games, when you ate, you got fat. And so now that you have, now that you get stronger, I'm like, can you still get fat in this game? Because I want to make my character fat. So, like, if we eat perfect fruit, will we go Super Saiyan? I don't know. <laughs> Let's find out. Just keep an eye on uh, the wikis and whatnot. <laughs> uh, but and yeah, that's you can finally kind of... kill that stupid raccoon. <laughs> oh, he's he's got his ways. He was talking uh, about his size getting bigger. He's talking about houses, but. There's a nice little line in there where he was, uh, you could take it out of context. I think he's talking about his dick. Mm. Uh, some fun ways. And, 
Yeah, they make it easier to get around uh, here. Uh, like, if you have items that are kind of off-center, uh, you can kind of si- side-saddle around them a little yeah. bit. Uh, so there's some good ways of getting around, though. My guy will do that if I am just, like, going up against a wall at times. Like, if you go up the right angle, it's just the right angle. It just causes that animation to happen. It's like, all right, that's weird. Uh, but, yeah, about at the point where I need to make my trips into other people's villages to get the, the fruit and then come back. Uh, do they limit that at all? I keep talking about this ticket thing, and I'm not 100% sure what that is. No, the tickets are just to go to other deserted islands. And uh, okay. at first, there are villagers there. You can invite them to come and live at your island. Um, I can invite them if they kill Teddy. <laughs> it's the person I need to get off this island, but they got a house, and I need to figure out how to destroy it. <laughs> Try to pick it up when you eat fruit. <laughs> oh, it's a wooden uh, like log cabin. My axe is not working on it, so... No. Not yet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's where I am at on that. Uh, yeah, I got Gulliver yesterday, so I found his parts. Uh, and then he just hung around on the uh, the coast until eventually he disappeared, or I gave up and just quit. Because uh, he... If you don't know Gulliver, he is a like seagull that washes up on your beach. Uh, and then he's like wondering how the hell this happens. He probably got drunk and fell off the boat mm-hmm. uh, from the way that he talks about it. And uh, his phone is broken, so he needs five parts to get it fixed and text his people to come and get him. And then tells you how they don't respond to his texts. So he assumes they're on the way. Uh, so they might just throw him overboard as well. Uh, depending on how that all goes. <laughs> I never thought about that. Maybe they do. Yeah, because he, he jokes about that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, this has been a lot of fun. They've, yeah, they've done a good job of uh, actually adding ways to upgrade your character instead of you being pretty static from the first day. Uh, you can buy more haircuts because you only start with four that are not really all that good. Uh, but you can buy that stuff with the Nook Miles. And once you get a house, they add Nook Miles Plus, which is another set of like goals to uh, do. And the first five you get for a day are you get double rewards on those. And then it just keeps throwing more at you. There's like random stuff like, oh, you know, catch five fish or uh, sell, you know, this much uh, fruit to the to Timmy, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, a lot of stuff that makes it easier to get the, the Nook Miles for the rewards and get money and all that kind of stuff, uh, which is uh, pretty well done here. There's definitely more to do than what you would typically play, like 30 minutes or so daily to like go check your trees, uh, check and see if you can find the money rock. Maybe there's a part where the money's buried and uh, do a couple other things and you might be done for the day. Uh, here, there's definitely a lot more, especially if you're just trying to get the the cosmetic stuff and items to put in your house. Uh, I have a squatty toilet in my house. Really? That was one of the gifts I got from, I forget where, either from Tom Nook and crew when I finished up some uh, goals. I was like, this is a weird gift to give to people. Uh, have a, a fucking toilet in your house, especially one that's sitting on the ground. <laughs> uh, but yeah, 
this is a uh, it's been a fun game to get into. Looking forward to put some more time into it and see how their events go and all that. Um, I've been playing more Rocket League. I finished up the Rocket Pass uh, missions before the uh, the end of it happens on Wednesday. They start Rocket Pass six. Uh, it's been good so far, though. the The one issue is that they put a bullshit uh, mission here at, right at the end, which was to play four matches with uh, at least one more person in the party. Uh, which for people that just play solo is not great, but I used uh, my second controller. Uh, to log in with an alternate account for that, uh, which had me use two rubber bands, one to hold uh, R2, the gas button down, so it'd go moving around, and uh, the left stick, so it would uh, not be going straight the entire time. Uh, I just had to hit uh, a button every little bit to keep it from going idle. I get kicked out of the game. I just played 44 matches in casual, and I don't think anybody really noticed. Except the two times I got kicked out of matches. Uh, it would just drive up walls and do yeah. the weird shit. Uh, I ended up getting more... almost got more points than me in the first match. Because I got two saves randomly. Uh, but I don't think I had the, the rubber bands on that one. So it was kind of just sitting near the goal. So I just happened to get credits for saves. Just from some random hits. But uh, and I ended up playing some on PC. Uh, because I kind of wanted to test that out, see how it looks and runs and all that, which it runs great on PC. And uh, they're doing like double XP this weekend. So I was like, I'll just see if how many uh, goal, uh, things I can grind out for uh, this rocket pass, just doing it the freeway, not paying for the the rest of it. And uh, so far, not too bad on that front. But yeah, they got double XP this weekend. Uh, so people can kind of get the extra... Uh, levels and such more easily. And, uh, yeah, that's been pretty good so far. And I ended up playing uh, a good bit of PC stuff this weekend, uh, just testing out my PC. Uh, played some Metro Exodus. Uh, for whatever random reason, it did not do the, uh, the issue I had when I tried to stream it, which was where the... It would not be in full screen mode, so the window would just shift to the bottom right randomly during the part of it starting up, uh, making it very hard to try to stream it when I can't see like a good 20% of the screen. Uh, this time it just stayed full screen, uh, and so I played a, a little bit of it, and it seems pretty good. Looks nice and all that. Uh, definitely uh gonna put a little more time into it but yeah it looks nice it plays pretty fine uh not really the sort of game that i am into but I'm doing all right with it and uh also tried wolfenstein youngblood which is also on pc game pass it has uh rtx support as well and i played through the first like mission or so you have to do a mission then you have to get back to the uh the hideout uh that is the uh, the, the game that features both uh, BJ's daughters, twin daughters, uh, you are taking Nazis out in Paris as they search for him. And uh, it plays pretty well. The The main issue is that they have turned it into an RPG uh, where enemies have – you run into a lot of enemies that uh, they're all leveled uh, up above what you are usually. 
and you get to points where there's enemies with crazy amounts of armor that you just have to either find the specific weapon that uh, takes down their armor faster so you can just get to shooting the, the rest of the health off, or you just fucking you just waste a lot of ammo just trying to take that down. Uh, in ways that, even by the end of this first mission or so, it was just, I could definitely see the the aspect of it that, you know, took people out of it, out of the experience compared to Wolfenstein 2 and the first couple games. Uh, that kind of thing. A lot of grinding because you have to get skill points to upgrade uh, skills and all that kind of stuff. Which I you know, just added the extra HP and armor uh, that I can have. Uh, the ability for me to stealth kill the super uh, soldiers. Uh, stuff like that. And you have to upgrade your weapons too. Uh, with the, the currency that's in there, I believe you can also pay for currency as well to bypass some of that, which is not great. And it just doesn't feel super great at any point as far as the shooting. Because uh, uh, the boss I had to fight, he was mostly invisible, and then shooting like powerful lasers at you, and just trying to take off his health. I was not sure if I was actually hitting him. Uh, the health bar would disappear at times to the point where I was like, I don't even know if he's here actually. I might just be seeing, seeing weird stuff, uh, that kind of thing. But the, the game itself looks pretty nice. And the, uh, there's some nice settings there for uh, streaming so that it can let you make it easier to use OBS uh, while you're running uh, the game, which uh, not many games do that. Uh which is pretty nice. And I think it also has adaptive V-Sync for uh, people with the higher uh, FPS monitors, uh, which is the first game I've seen actually have that uh, directly in the options versus just allowing you to maybe have unlocked frame rate uh, to take advantage of that stuff. Uh, so yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty all right. And uh, yesterday I streamed the, a bunch of demos from the Steam Game Festival. Uh, which is up on Steam now. Uh, they have there's like a section of the the front page that has them. It's like a good 50 demos of indie games. Uh, a bunch of stuff on there for people to check out. I think it ends tomorrow morning, something like that. But there's quite a lot here. Uh, some of it's already out, but uh, some of the stuff I checked out was like a, we'll talk about in the uh, Nintendo Indie World. Uh, presentation. One of them was on there, Eldest Souls, I think it was, which, as you can guess, probably was, is a uh, an indie Dark Souls kind of game. Uh, could not get past the boss because uh, he just wrecks you if you make any mistakes. Uh, on that, uh, I played a game called Carry On, which is which they describe as a reverse horror game because you play the uh, the monster that is going around and fucking up all these people and eating them, getting bigger, uh, and just wrecking the place in some really cool ways. That that one plays pretty well. Uh, let's see, what else did I play? I played uh, a game called Haven, which is from the team that made Fury, uh, which, if you know, that is the like boss rush, uh, really hardcore action game. Uh, but in contrast to that, this is very much kind of story-focused, uh, between this couple that is kind of out exploring 
uh, this planet. They're kind of stranded, but then they uh, figure out that there's uh, some things going on. They can kind of get around and potentially find a way to get off the island. And it's supposed to be an RPG, but I didn't really get to that aspect of it. Uh, there's Spirit Fair, which is the new game from the team that made Jotun and Sundered. Uh, we saw that at E3 last year, where it kind of looked like you're uh, piloting the boats that takes people to the afterlife kind of thing. Uh, and that one seems really cool. Uh, it's uh, a lot of talking to people, uh, figuring out what they want out of before they maybe make the trip to the afterworld and helping them out with that stuff. Uh, you can build uh, houses and such onto your boats for them to live in. And I assume they add on to the story or help you out with things, that kind of stuff. Uh, for this ultimate trip, uh, I played Hazel Sky, uh, which is kind of supposed to be a third-person kind of adventure game. Uh, 3D look, all that kind of stuff. It didn't run super well. Some of these just didn't run well because they're like alpha versions of the games. Uh, stuff they would have shown at uh, GDC or PAX or something like that if they uh, could go. Hazel Sky is like an adventure game where you're like looking around, picking up this uh, items, trying to figure out what to do with it, and I just got to a point where I couldn't figure out what to do, so I moved on. Uh, but it looks pretty nice. And the last one was a game called Garden Story, which uh, feels like a little bit like a Stardew Valley, but if it was more uh, action-focused uh, uh, versus building up a, a farm, that kind of stuff. But there's still some of that in there. Like they definitely have like a community center t- type thing where you're at this uh, library and you're collecting things as you go out and complete these missions and bring it back. And that'll give you uh, things to collect and build up this area for some ultimate goal. Uh, that session ended because I filled up my bag and could not pick up the story item. Uh, some weird like bug like that. Uh, that was unfortunate because it was actually pretty good going into it. Uh, but yeah, there's tons more to play. There's some fighting games and action games, brawlers, RPGs, a bunch of stuff here uh, for people to check out. So yeah, if you're uh, stuck home for the weekend, have a decent PC. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff here to play for the next day or so. Most of them are not very big demos. Uh, you can get them for under a gig of download, so you can get into them pretty quickly. Oh yeah, I also played the Jane Silent Bob Mall Brawl, which is uh, like an NES uh, brawler. Just go around, beat stuff up. Uh, you can be Jay or Silent Bob, and uh, it works like what you expect. That is out on 420, and uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, of course it is. Teresa? Oh no, Dan Wright? Sorry. I mean, either one of us, you would have gotten Animal Crossing straight up. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> a lot of Animal Crossing. Um, this is the game that we needed during this pandemic. And um, I don't know about like you guys, but um, ever since I, I owned a console that can go online, I've never had more than like 20 friends. Now I have like way more than 80, and 60 of them are playing Animal Crossing. Like I screenshotted <laughs> my friends this, and I was like, holy shit. And... Yeah, there's been a whole lot of excitement. Like, I go on my Instagram stories, and like, people are like, "Oh yeah, Animal Crossing is almost coming out." And I was like, "I didn't even know you played games." So it's a, it's really been an eye-opening experience. Um, 
my history with the series has uh, dated all the way back to the GameCube, um, uh, which is probably my favorite one, probably because of the, uh, the NES games they included. And yes. then um, after that, I was like, uh, I didn't really care about Wild World or uh, the Wii one, but the one on 3DS had me for a while. Because that game was semi-online, like it didn't have all the stuff that you could do now, but that game had me for a good few months. This one, let me tell you, um, if you thought you knew everything there was to do, or you knew about everything there was to do about Animal Crossing, like you were, you're dead wrong. Like, you know, I just learned some, something new this morning about digging up coconut trees. And like, yeah, like prior to this, if you spend 15 minutes a day playing Animal Crossing, you're good. With this one, I've been playing like nonstop ever since I got it. I've taken maybe, maybe like three or four breaks all for food. But other than that, I've been on this island just not really trying to get ahead, but there's just so much to do. And part of the reason is with the um, the Nook Mile system, which is pretty much a second type of currency. So yeah, you have your bells to pay off Tom Nook, but you also have these miles to um, pay off other things. And the way you get these miles is by performing certain objectives that are pretty much achievements. And knowing that I like achievements a little bit more than the average person, it's pretty much <laughs> So I've been trying to fill out all these punch cards in order to get all these points I can get. And... Um, when you first start, there's a lot you can do. And as you get more and more into the game, uh, there's only like one thing you want to use them for, which is extremely useful. You can just go to this island or another deserted island where uh, you can grab more resources and recruit more people to your town. And that's pretty awesome. So, so far we're on day three. Um, today I uh, um, received three kits to set up other people's homes in. And I didn't realize that you also have to fill up their interior and their exterior. So I was like, holy shit, this is hours of content that I really don't mind doing because there's nothing else for me to do. So I'm, uh, I'm pretty much enamored with what they've done with this game. Like, um, I know people were calling for Nintendo to release it sooner, but you know, they released it at just the right time. And yeah, a um, whole lot of people are playing it. And then that makes the experience a whole lot more fun. So anybody listening has peaches, I wouldn't mind going over to your island and uh, giving you some other fruit because that's all I need. <laughs> but um, yeah, really loving it. I'm sure Teresa will go uh, into it a little bit more. But on the few breaks that I've had, I've also played some Trials of Mana. And um, to be honest, I'm not truly uh, impressed with the, uh, the production value here. Like, It is cool that they've pretty much updated this game to play well in today's uh, times and standards. Um, but it kind of falls in the uh, uh, in the Tales franchise's problems where, you know, obviously you have the game um, dubbed in English, but it actually looks dubbed. Like, you see all these uh, characters just overacting and things like that, and I'm like, okay, I hope they have the Japanese version here because it's, it's just really bad as, as far as, like, the acting out parts. But other than that, the game looks pretty whimsical. Um, I started using the uh, the Thief and got through the first two side missions. The cool thing about this game is that you'll be able to um, transfer your data to the to the real one once that comes out. Um, and yeah, like um, I decided to play the PS4 version not only because of achievements, but because you know I want to give my Switch a break. So uh, I'm looking forward to this one when it comes out, but I'm not sure if it'll be a first day purchase. We'll see, especially with all the other games coming out during its time frame. But um, yeah, that's about it for me. And uh, Teresa, here's uh, your 30 minutes. Yeah, my 30 minutes of Animal Crossing. Yeah, it, it's all Animal Crossing all the time. And, um, you know, I, I've been going on at weird hours whenever 
mostly whenever I'm awake, I'm pretty much playing. And uh, there's always people online on my online list, and they are all playing Animal Crossing. Um, I've had my gates open quite a bit, had quite a few visitors. It's been lovely, um, you know, making sure the people that I super trust, I had them as best friends, so they could go ahead and use their shovel in my in my on my island. Um, there's a lot that they've improved. And, uh, one of the things that, uh, is really good. I don't even know why we didn't have this before is a little, uh, box outside of the shop. So you don't have to go in and go through all the animations and everything. You can just sell your shit. It goes straight into your savings account. You're good to go. But, uh, I've been doing a little time traveling with mine cause you know, I don't want to wait forever to do the review for it. So I am on Friday. <laughs> And I'm sure uh, by the end of this call, I'll be on Saturday. And, you know, things are really... What? Have you already seen snow? No, I haven't time traveled (laughs) that much. Um, But I did consider it. I did consider jumping ahead to December to see what's going on with uh, the snowman and everything. Um, Just because I think that'll be fun. But... uh, it, it's it's so cool. I, I definitely have a favorite place in the whole game. And I was blown away when I saw it because I just didn't expect it. The butterfly pavilion in the uh, museum is something really special. And, you know, I, I can see myself just going in there and <laughs> sitting. Oh, yeah. And like, that reminds me, like, I, I woke up to quite the surprise. So. Um, obviously yesterday, um, Blathers opened up his museum tent and I overfilled it to the point where, all right, I got to build a museum now. Mm -hmm. So after that, I just filled the middle of my Island with a whole bunch of like random fossils and bugs and fish and other shit. So it looks really, really stupid in the middle of town right now. And then, so I woke up today. I was like, all right, cool. The museum's going to be built. And no, he just put up the tarp to build the museum. And I'm like, Oh my God, I have to fill with more shit. (laughs) So I guess that's a day four thing. Yeah. Yeah, but it's worth the wait. It's worth the wait. The museum is really, really very cool. Well, welcome to Doman Rebuilding in Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> That's about accurate. <laughs> um, but uh, the one thing that I'm not super thrilled about, and I know why they did it, they did it because Zelda did it. Um, my tools break all the time. <laughs> All the time. I am getting really close to my 50 tool uh, badge. Just really, really close. Um, When Nintendo first reviewed the crafting system, I was like not excited. I was like, wow, you're making this game mindlessly complicated. But it actually isn't. The only thing, though, is that it's quite the annoyance when you forget the the recipes and you got to go back to, like, you know, figure out what you actually need. Yeah. Yeah. And at least when you go to the islands and stuff and when you go to somebody else's island, there are crafting uh, spaces available. So you're not completely screwed unless you didn't bring anything and then you have to uh, redeem. Oh shit. I need iron nuggets for that. Yeah. You you forgot to bring something. (laughs) Not that I'm playing right now, but uh, I totally am. (laughs) It's super cool. And um, a little uh, tip is that you should download the Nintendo switch online app on your phone Hook it up with your Nintendo uh, ID, and you can do voice chatting instead of having to chat, which I'm generally playing on a TV, so I don't have touch screen. So chatting, you know, uh, 
on screen is very hard for me because I'm doing it like the worst way possible. Um, and then you can also use your uh, QR scanner to bring in um, outfits and designs and whatnot from uh, previous Animal Crossing um, things. So I had a, a really whiny, um, bratty moment on Let's Weekend where I said I wanted my conch flag and I wanted it now because I named my place the Conch Republic. And um, yeah, I don't have to wait four weeks or whatever for the Design Pro thing. Um, I don't know where I read that, but that was incorrect. I thought that I had to wait until I could get KK Slider to visit. And uh, no, not true. Not true. Just You just buy it, right? With points? Yeah, you do. Yep. Yep. So got that. Uh, the tool ring, I've, I've had some people visiting my town who haven't bought their tool ring yet. That is extremely useful. And that's the second thing that you should buy after, you know, expanded storage. But, um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It really is. It really is. We waited a long time for it and it was so worth the wait. So yeah, that's really about it. I haven't been doing much more. <laughs> yeah. Like if, if you thought the Zelda, the Zelda memes were crazy. Yeah. Your feeds are going to be absolutely crazy doing animal crossing stuff now. Oh my so. God. Right. I've seen somebody use the chat uh, in there to write fuck. And then they use the, the text editor on the uh, screenshot stuff to put the police under it. <laughs> like the band or the actual police? Fuck the police. That's what text. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I know, man. I know. I think they're making the, the NWA thing. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm I'm talking to one of the birds on my island. And he's like, "Wow, they've got really strong taste on my ass." As one word, and I'm like, "Okay, somebody already." Uh, <laughs> yeah, sometimes they're they're a little uh, unintentionally raunchy. Unintentionally. I my, yeah, I I don't know, man. I don't know, but the uh, the flavor. You text, keep telling yourself that. Right. The flavor text on all of the the catches for the uh, the little critters are are pretty funny and very corny. So that was nice that we still get that. But yeah, yeah. That's... Though I wish I wish you didn't have to click through it every single time. Yeah. You see it once, you've seen it forever. Uh, yeah. They just keep showing it to you. It's like, no, just let me turn this off. They don't have any settings. Uh-uh. There's no there's no pausing or anything. Uh. There's only settings are at the very uh, the main menus. It's just like this one thing where you can like turn on the online stuff or whatever mm-hmm. if you want it. The Nook Link. Yep, and that's what you want to be able to uh, use your phone. Yeah, like your real phone, your human phone. Yeah. Not my Nook phone. No, not your Nook phone. Not your Nook phone. And somebody's going to come out with a damn skin or uh, cover or whatever so that our phones look like Nook phones. That's totally going to happen. Yeah, give give us fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I want to buy the uh, the Tom Nook Hawaiian shirt for Halloween. Just uh, <laughs> steel bells. All right. So how about you, Lee? Uh, I'll keep it short and simple, unlike y'all, because I'm not playing anything remotely exciting that makes me want to gush for twenty five minutes, especially about some drug dealing fucking island hopping dickhead named Tom Nook. That guy's a He's not dealing boss. drugs. Kind of like that. I don't know what fucking, Teresa. <laughs> you guys are fucking crazy. That guy is is fucking selling shit. That's a protection racket. 
yeah, anyway. Uh, I'm the one selling the drugs to them. Um, <laughs> trafficking animals, we're tra- yeah, trafficking I mean, insects, we're doing ridiculous. all this trafficking. Yeah, it's nothing but fucking drug dealing. That dude is on top of it and selling it. Anyway, he's he's the underboss, as it were. Uh, no, I've just been playing. Uh, we were we were bored last night because you know we're like in quarantine, just like everybody else, and we were looking to play something as a family, which was unusual. Because my wife normally only plays like Wow, that's the only thing she's really interested in. And uh, so we were looking for something that was three players, and I normally only have beat 'em ups. And uh, I realized we had overcooked. I don't know why we had overcooked. I don't know if it was uh, from Xbox Live giving it away or, or what, but. Um, we fired that up and then played it for like four very stressful hours. Um, my family loves that shit. Uh, so I, they actually let me sleep in today so they could play it more. Um, and I think like last night when we logged out, we had gotten to like world like five, one or whatever and had like 45 stars and I had woken up today and they had three starred most of the fucking levels. Hmm. Um, so I'm sure we will move on to Overcooked 2 this evening because it's on Game Pass. Yes. So we'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> I feel like three people is not optimal, though. Like, you need to either have two or four. Um, and some of the shit in that game gets nuts. Like, who would want to bake pizza in a haunted house? Because that's what this game asks. It's like, what if what if this was, like, chopped, but with really entirely fucked up situations that's what this game is so it's really interesting um it's fun though it's definitely a fun co-op game uh and then that and then just i'm trying to finish up uh ghost recon wildlands because i want to go and play um uh master chief collection on pc i never finished um uh halo reach so i want to finish that in co-op so it's pretty much all i have going on and i have no intention of playing animal crossing it's just not not my jam. I don't. I'm not into like collectathons or or anything like that. I'm happy you guys are having a good time with it though. Hmm. Just not uh, not for me, man. All right. Okay, so let's get into the rest of the uh, stuff for this week. Uh, quick note about releases this week. Uh, probably what biggest one is Half Life Alex. Uh, that's coming out, I think, tomorrow. Yep. Yeah, tomorrow. Um, so yeah, if you got your VR set up, uh, there's a game that probably will justify it. Uh, I just uh, checked Edge Magazine to see what their review is. They gave it a 9 out of 10. Yeah. So, yeah, it's looking good. And then, you know, there's people that have been clamoring for new Half-Life for years and years. So, there you go. Uh, yeah, so that's about it for there. All right, so let's get to the news. Uh, first up, uh, the continuing GameStop saga. And this week it just got to a whole new level of stupid. But it might uh, yeah. be winding down now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, apparently GameStop wanted to be considered an essential retail establishment. I'm not entirely sure how they would have justified that, given... No, they they didn't want to be. They declared themselves one, which yeah, they, is even they more tried, hilarious. Yeah. It was because they sold things like keyboards and, and stuff like that um, that people needed to telework. And then they also sold things like phones and shit like that so yeah and like one percent of their their uh inventory yeah the real reason though anybody that looks at their you know at their um at their business sheet you know the real reason that they were doing this was because um they wanted to stay open to sell animal crossing and to sell doom because these guys are really on the edge of 
just not being able to to stay in business. And yep. they wanted to be able to sell Animal Crossing because, I mean, as like listen to what you guys were just talking about, you know, going from having what? What did you say, Dan? Twenty people on your friends list to like having you know seventy, and yeah. they're all. They're Honestly, all I never Crossing. thought of the game as, as a system seller. I'm like, what the uh-huh. fuck? Yeah. Uh-huh. And it is the same thing with the same thing with Doom. Um, there are a lot of people that are they're you know looking forward to playing Doom, and so I think I think their actual end goal here was that they wanted to stay open, hoping that coronavirus wasn't going to be that bad, and they wanted to stay open through the release of the Final Fantasy VII uh, remake release because those three games you know are all coming out in like a three week period. Is Animal Crossing is Doom and it's Final Fantasy VII remake and. The, you know, you sell enough of those copies, you have some maneuvering room. Um, and even with them saying they you know that they're closing their doors, they're still uh, at least out here. I don't know what it's like everywhere else, but at least out here, they're still offering like curbside pickup and shit. So you can order something and then go pick it up in the store, and they'll just bring it out to you. Same thing Best Buy's do. Yeah. But yeah, that was their big reason. If they had closed before that, honestly, I, I kind of think they might have not been able to continue to secure credit, continue to be able to you know stay liquid. Yeah. Um and, and be able to, to, to pay payroll. Yeah. So this was definitely a big move for them just to try and stay in the game. And they're really, really hurting and you saw it. I mean, like I don't know if you guys saw that, that thing that Jason Schreier put out where um they had that uh that regional manager who was talking, you know, uh-huh. how how good their sales had been and then at the very end he was like, Yeah, I'm at home. Like <laughs> Wow, you prick. And there was also all that coverage about how they weren't they weren't being provided the proper um, cleaning materials yeah. to keep the store sanitized. Hmm. I mean, it's just it, the whole thing just reeks of desperation. Yeah, well, I mean, they, yeah, they just have- had to uh, okay. suspend their trade-ins, which is uh, you know probably one of the bigger part of their businesses is that. So that's, uh-huh. that's going to cost them. Uh, like in, the, in PA, they lost their business license because of all of that crap. Uh, it's because they beg to differ on the whole essential business um, rhetoric. Yeah, it's uh, uh, this is a company that has um, some serious issues, and uh, yeah, like I said, next year I don't think we're going to be really talking about GameStop because I don't think they're going to be around. Especially Reggie when Reggie has his cut, his his work cut out for him. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't think even it's like uh, I. I think Reggie like signed on just as the Titanic hit the iceberg. Uh-huh. Uh it, It's not even a matter of rearranging deck chairs at this point. There's a giant hole in the hole. Uh, you, you're not you're not fixing this. Uh-huh. So, uh, so there's that. Uh, we'll wait and see. Especially when I don't know, I don't know realistically what they do here. Um, if because, you know, their main, their two main drivers of business, right, are used games. So the ability to trade in and then sell those those used games, right? That's the that's the main driver of their business is uh, bringing product in and then pushing product out. Um, and then you also have um, you also have these giant releases, especially you know in this you know this quarter are all clustered together. Um, which is just, you know, again, it just, we have so many other, this is a, I think at any other time, this wouldn't have been that big of a deal, but we have such a, um, this is such a unique situation, 
you know, one of the things that it, I only, only take this sort of semi off course for a second. The one thing that's been damaging about the tax cuts that have happened is that they've created artificial value, right? So the, the long story short is, is that when, when the president and Congress enacted the tax cuts they did, the majority of these corporations, instead of paying down their debt, um, securing additional assets, things like that, which most companies would do when they have a windfall, um, all they did was they bought stock. They did stock buybacks, and the only reason to do a stock buyback is to elevate your stock price, and then you pay out dividends to your shareholders. And it's just a basic. It's it's sort of essentially like a a con to inflate the value of what your stock is, so then that everybody can be paid out on it, right? Uh-huh. And then what happens is, is as the market has, has gone down, like I think we're at like eleven thousand down. Um, none of these companies have taken. You know, essentially, what the windfall was with these tax cuts, leverage that as a green day in essence. You know, they acted like this this uh, artificial overinflation of their value was never going to come to an end. And normally, what you would see happen is, is you would see something like that happen, and, and you know, the artificial bubble would burst, and you would see some drop. But what's happening here is, is because of the coronavirus, um, specifically. Uh, you know, not affecting income brackets. It's affecting people. It's not affecting a market like the way we had in 2008 where you affected, you know, debt-based markets like housing and cars and loans and things like that. You know, you have this thing that has created a situation where people simply don't want to go outside. They don't want to go out. They don't want to interact with people. And so places like GameStop are especially hit hard by this. So you take the combination where, you your main driver of people coming in the store that you make money is them trading in items to you that require that social contact that require you to touch those things in a time when you're supposed to be staying six feet away or more from one another that creates a huge problem on top of the fact that GameStop did the exact same thing that every other company did that's asking the government for a bailout right now which is we, we took the inflated stock prices that we had. We paid out dividends. We bought more of our own stock. We didn't save anything. And then now what we're doing is we're left with this completely deflated stock price. We have no cash reserves. And that means that if we go for a month without any real kind of business, we are going to fail. And GameStop is in an even worse position because of that because they don't really have a lot of assets that they can fall back on. When you look at something like the airline industry, you know, I'm sure you guys have seen the airline industry has said, like, okay, well, you know, we need a bailout, we need this, we need that. But the airline industry has physical goods and items that they can they can rally behind that are sellable, things like airplanes and space and things like that. GameStop rents most of their um, most of the space that they occupy. They don't own the buildings that they're in, they don't own the shopping malls that they're in, they don't own, you know, the the uh, uh, retail space that they operate in. So they can't just sell the locations to gain capital. They're stuck with the inventory that they have on hand because a huge chunk of it is second hand. Um, and then that goes back to the same problem that we talked about a few weeks ago where their main product, they treat like shit. So most people don't want to touch it anyway. And it just creates just an awful situation for them. It's not even a catch-22. They're just kind of fucked all around. And that's why they would do something this crazy to try and stay open and say that they are an essential retail service because if they can't sell anything, they don't have anything else to fall back on. And that's why they're in such a horrible position. Yeah. And at the same time, you, you can't 
Uh, you can't help but ask the question, well, maybe some of these businesses should fail. I don't know if it's so much should fail, but I do think that they're just, I think, you know, this is one of the things that we've talked about in my house. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be able to work at home. You know, it's one thing I've been, I've been hearing people talk about, like, they've treated this whole coronavirus thing like it's a snow day. I don't oh. get shit. Like, you know, my ass to work, there's no My company is, is, um, relies on people paying it because they need you know, HR software. Payroll, Same. You know, and so what's going to happen is eventually some of these companies are going to not be able to pay that. My company, at least thankfully, is not one of those companies that did this bullshit. My company doesn't have any debt. So they took the windfall and just socked money away. So we're going to be fine for a while. But what's going to end up happening is, is that, you know, these people that we do business with, you know, they go out of business. You know, we can't. We're not going to still be able to last that long. We got a war chest, but we ain't going to be be able to last that long. And you know, to to that point, Phil, some of these businesses, I don't know that they should go out of business, but they certainly need to change the way that they do business. And I'm one of the things that I think about a lot, um, and I think that we're going to have to really examine once all of this is over. Like Mnuchin, Steve Mnuchin came out uh, just this morning and saying was saying that he thinks you know. At a minimum, and of course, everybody in the Trump organization, for the most part, what they're doing. but Mnuchin was saying, you know, that he thinks that, you know, we're going to be looking at at least a uh, a twelve week, you know, kind of lockdown. You know, and so think about these businesses that are out there that aren't going to be able to survive twelve weeks. You know, so to to that point, Phil, you know, some of these companies maybe they should go out of business, maybe they should. They have to do something to evolve, and GameStop is in the worst position possible because they've done nothing to evolve. Yeah. Um, you know, they've done things like, you know, they stuck fun codes in there. But none of that shit matters if people can't come into the store. And their logistics side of things sucks. They charge, uh, like, the minimum, uh, what's it, the minimum amount for shipping? Um, so they don't do anything that makes people want to, like, spontaneously want to buy anything from them because they run into a shipping charge. You know, everything about the way that they do business is built around people trading and they're built around being a punch. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's their business model. But um, I, I just, I don't know. I think a lot of things are going to have to change because the ironic part about all of this is none of us would be hurt. And by us, I mean the royalists, everybody in this country and everybody around the world, but particularly in America, this wouldn't be nearly as bad if we had, frankly, a better infrastructure. People could take time off when they were sick and not lose money. People had health insurance yep. to be able to go see the doctors. When they were sick, I think you would, you would see people a lot more willing to hunker down. And frankly, I think if we also had a functioning media and a president at the top that's interested in just saving his own ass in whatever situation is going on uh-huh. um, in terms of how it reflected on him rather than actually you know, doing his job and taking care of the country, I think we'd be in a much different position. But as it stands, I mean, I used to be one of those hourly workers. If I didn't go to work, I went to work sick all the time. If I didn't go to work, guess what? I might not make rent. You know, and you put that in combination with, okay, I'm sick. My choice is to go to the doctor and make sure I have a roof over my head. I mean, what am I going to do? I'm going to go to work, I'm going to be sick, and, you know, I'm going to make sure that I can pay my rent. And you just, you know, you have millions and millions of people out there that are like that, and they can't do anything about it. You know, and, and you know, you notice, like, you talk about these essential workers. You know, a couple months ago, people were bitching about, you know, fast food workers, restaurant people, everybody else like that. 
ones that were saying, look, man, you should pay us a living wage. You know, those same jackholes on Fox News that were saying they, those people don't deserve shit are the ones that are out there thanking them on Twitter now or they're not saying anything in general. You know, I we, we, we had to go out to the grocery store just the other day. Um, and, like, just being outside is bizarre, man. It's like a ghost town. It's like, I imagine this is what, like, the Avengers was like after the snap, you know, after yeah. the because there's people out there, but there's still not that much. And it's just, it's just weird. And, you know, and, and the amount of people out there that aren't taking it seriously also really kind of freaks me out. Yeah. Um, I had to name a pizza place where I was just running in to get pickup uh, because there's a lot of small uh, places around us that we have, you know, we do business with and we want to make sure that, you know, they're still in business when we, when we come out of this thing. And, um, I, I was just in there to pick up a pizza and this, this guy literally just rolled up behind me and was close enough to me that he, I could feel his breath on my neck and I'm like, I need you to back up. And he's like, Oh, but it's cool, man. It's just a hoax. And I was like, I don't care if you think I would have dropped him up. And it's just like, this shit. And you know, that's the other problem. This guy, you know, is well dressed. I'm sure he could take time off work if he wanted to, you know, so this, this kind of thing is not a concern for someone. And that's, that's the big problem that we're facing. And though, you know, those GameStop ain't paying and doing paid leave. They're not taking care of people, you know, and, and then you hear that thing like, well, it's not in our business model to be able to do this. And to that point, Phil, shit, maybe they should go out of business now that I'm saying that out loud. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, I mean. But this isn't going to end soon, and I'm, we're going to see major, major, like, havoc. It'll get worse before it gets better. Any, any, any public sector, not public sector, any private sector job that requires you to interact with the public, no matter you know if this thing ends tomorrow or if it ends you know uh, twenty six weeks is gonna is gonna have to dramatically change the way they do business, and I don't know if we're we're ready for that as a whole. And the ironic part is is this coronavirus thing might have sped up stops demise because why would you want to go to the store and interact with these d bags when you could just buy something digitally? Yeah, basically. Yeah. You know? so. It does make a great case for digital. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. And I've been, and, and you know what my position on physical versus digital has been over the years. Yeah. So. Yeah. This, this also was my last GCU purchase. So um, rest in peace. Yeah. So. <laughs> Best Buy is doing. They sent out something. I guess they still don't don't have it marked in their system that Cyberpunk is delayed. I just got notice from them that was like, we've changed your Cyberpunk pre-order to curbside pickup. And I'm like, I'm not coming to get it until, <laughs> until September. Do y'all know something I don't? Uh, you know, so. Yeah. Alrighty, so let's get uh, on to uh, the rest of the stories for the week. Uh should also point out the uh, audio quality is going to be a little bit odd during this show, as I'm starting to notice, because uh, I think everybody and their brother is probably using Skype at this point, and I think the yeah. calls are suffering. So Yeah, pretty that, much but... the entire world's bandwidth is kind of under stress right now. So Yeah, so bear with us. Um, it'll get better eventually, <laughs> hopefully. So next up, we got uh, release uh, DLC character Fakumaram going to be out on Tuesday. New trailer is yep. up if you want to see what he's got to, to offer. Very rangy Muay Thai fighter. Yep. 
looks uh, pretty good. And I think this is what season three of Tekken Seven. Yeah, season three. Yep. Can... Game just keeps getting better. Yeah. And more expensive if you want uh, in as a bulk price. Well, no, because they keep putting out um, complete editions every year mm. to kind of absorb that. Yeah. Yeah, Street Fighter just did that with the Champion Edition. And, Champion Edition. Yeah, everybody thanked them. <laughs> like, uh, so uh, yeah. next, yeah, yeah, ironic part about quietly. this. The ironic part about all of this is that if if you know, there are a lot of people right now that that uh, you know are stuck at home and at least have a little bit of money. Man, if I was running any of these companies, I would be putting everything on fucking sale. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you have, you have an audience that can't do shit, you know, or, or a chunk of them. You know, give them something to play. Yeah. You know? Agreed. Yep. So. I mean, hell, we're seeing movie theaters doing it. Or not movie theaters, but uh, movie studios doing it. They're, like, putting out movies that were coming out in the movie theaters. Like, well, fuck it. Just put it for 20 bucks on demand. Yeah. You know? Well, it nobody... sucks, you know? Because, but nobody can go to the movie theaters, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, you got to adapt. Yeah. Yep. And if you can't, well, then you go away. Yeah, I just saw that uh, Onward, which just came out like two weeks ago. Yeah, is like April plus in two weeks. So yeah, April third on Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah. it's just just like who who would have thought, right? Yeah, or you can rent it now if you want. But yeah, I mean, if you subscribe to Disney Plus, just wait too. Yep. Uh, so we got GDC news. Uh, it's been rescheduled to August and also rebranded as GDC Summer, which is interesting. Huh. Oh, it, almost, it, it almost sounds like they had this kind of planned all along, whether there was a pandemic or not. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it seems uh, it seems like kind of a snap reaction, and it's like, okay, they're rebranding to GDC Summer, and maybe they're going to do two a year. Maybe that's part of the plan. That's but, what... uh, the the thing of it is, like, I'm, if you go to you're going to the I'm summer now. I'm going to assume now, that GDC. Is, uh... I'm going to assume that GDC just struck a deal with the Moscone Center because that is an that is an insanely high reservation price, and it's like, all right, we can't refund it, so we'll move it to the summer. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that GDC is a whole lot more important than E3 and all those other events. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, but it does beg the question, like now that uh, you know Microsoft and Sony have, uh, and many other developers have kind of already like uh, revealed their what what they were going to be talking about at GDC. Um, what are we going to see? This are they just going to do the same thing again? Uh, you know, so it's uh, it's going to be interesting to to see what happens. Uh, maybe some of those uh, indies that uh, were displaced will be able to get a another place to show off again. Uh, I'm sure Jensen Huang's leather jacket is probably uh, you know happy that he's going to have a place to announce some stuff because uh, uh-huh. yeah, they were supposed to do a keynote at GDC and. Uh, yeah, they didn't. They were going to do an online event to go to uh, go along with it, but they canceled that too. Uh, oh. So makes me wonder if they were aware of that <laughs> going forward. So, um, yeah, lots of stuff being displaced. And guess we'll see. Um, okay, this next story like appeared in the lineup, and I I'm not even able to parse. This This is fucking hilarious. I can't even parse this. <laughs> it, the quote was just basically like, "We need millennials like to to stay healthy because essentially, like, 
the I actually there was a lady that the the lady that said it. I don't remember who she was in relation to the Trump administration, but it was funny because her her point was is we need millennials to stay healthy because you know basically they're the generation that's going to help figure out these our way through this problem and other problems because they're good at you know they're clever at getting around things they were able i think you know she's like they can go from like level three to like level seven super quickly instead of you know doing it sequentially and it was like i get her point you know it was it was uh I don't think it was very elegant the way that she put it, but it was, uh, to be honest with you, it was kind of a nice sentiment, which goes against everything the Trump administration is about because they're stripping away, like, you know, the ability for people to get an education and have money for that. And, you know, uh, but, but yeah, it was very bizarre. Yeah. So, okay. Um, yeah, that happened. <laughs> it, just reeks, it just reeks of a, of a whole bunch of people that, are uh, underneath somebody who doesn't have any idea of what he's doing. Yeah. 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 Strange. Yeah, the, the, the line she said here is, uh, they are part of a group that brought us innovation, particularly throughout all of their ability to look around corners and skip through games. Yeah. I always went level by level. I didn't realize you could go from level three to level seven. That's what they've taught us. Yeah. We look for things that we don't see. We need them to be healthy. Uh, it is Dr. Deborah Burks, B-I-R-X. Uh, yep, Deborah Burks. The Corona Tax Task Force Response Coordinator. It's like, what, did she turn into an AGDQ stream or something? It's like, well, geez, these people are smart. Could, I don't know what, did they, what's going on here. The uh, Is that really the Corona Attacks Task Force? Yeah. Cats? Yeah. 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 Cats. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's legit, dude. Like I said, I mean, this is this is um, this is like Monty Python level shit. What we're going through <laughs> with with this coronavirus shit, and and you know, I don't. And like I said, I, I don't. I don't wish ill upon anybody. I don't want anything bad to happen to anybody. But um, the uh, the people we have in charge. That just are just incapable of dealing with this because we also are at a time where people have completely um, uh, invalidated science and expertise. You know, that's yeah. where we are. So yeah, they invalidated uh, science, uh, expertise, and uh, you know, critical thinking mm-hmm. right at about the time when they actually need it. Yep. <laughs> so so great, great job. It is what it is, but. Yeah. You know, I, I like I said, it sounds ridiculous. I do get her point, though. Like, yeah, I, I get her the, point. It's, it's interesting because I think that you know her and everybody else realizes that you know Trump and those folks aren't gonna, they're not gonna solve this problem. Yeah. You know, Trump was just on TV. I think it was Saturday. I don't know what it was, but basically just saying um, that the uh, the drug the drug cocktail that that he's recommended. For um, for coronavirus, like if, I don't know something. There's something about the combination. People have certain underlying conditions. Fauci was saying they could kill you, yeah. and he's just like, "No, we're strongly recommending that you try it." Like, there's no there's no expertise here. Like, yeah, I'm the, and, yeah, it's it's just it's nonsense. Yeah, at this point, pretty much anybody with a brain is like not yeah. taking anything he says seriously. And, right, but the people that are, uh, well. I feel bad for them. 
We are where we are. Yeah. Uh, also, where we are is uh, in Fallout seventy six. Uh, the since that's a game that uh, well, it's basically in, set in the wasteland and it's so barren, people are having to make their own fun. Uh, well, uh, people are hoarding toilet paper now. Of course they are. Of course they are. Although, in a in a game like Fallout, which is actually set in a wasteland and toilet paper is an actual finite resource, um, also, you, you can't really use it. Uh, yeah, it's just part of a bunch of junk items that are in the game. Yeah. So people have a whole bunch of that, and uh, it's uh, driving up the price of toilet paper. Because, of course, it is. Uh, don't really know what to add to that, just kind of fun to, I think they're well okay they're pe- players are making their own fun because Bethesda certainly hasn't provided any yep. yeah yeah uh, on something more substantial and more fun uh, Nintendo had an indie summit mm. so yeah, indie world presentation where they basically just uh, uh, announced a bunch of games that they paid for exclusivity for yeah uh, let's see there's X of the Gungeon which is the follow-up to Enter the Gungeon that was uh, first on Apple Arcade. Yep. Uh, where it's kind of more side-scrolling uh, uh, kind of thing. So not really... I've heard from people that uh, like the originals, like it's fairly different, not quite scratching the same itch. So uh, it's out now. I think it's 10 bucks. Steam and yeah, Switch. I got a review hook for that. It's pretty damn, pretty damn hard. I keep dying the third boss. Yeah. Uh, let's see. There's the last campfire from Hello Games. We saw this got announced a while ago. Uh, they just confirmed it's coming to Switch sometime this summer. I assume it's when the other versions are also coming out. Uh, there's Blue Fire, uh, which is a uh, I think it's kind of a Zelda flight. It was the thing that opened up the whole presentation uh, a little bit uh, like that. It just seems pretty neat. Uh, that's timed exclusive for this summer. Uh, there's a game called Baldo, which I guess people had known about this game from before. Uh, it looks like a Studio Ghibli style art style, because apparently the initial versions they shown had models ripped out of uh, Nino Kuni. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I assume this is a legit version of that game that is uh, coming as another timed exclusive for this summer for the Switch. Uh, it's an action RPG, action adventure RPG, uh, all that kind of stuff. There's I Am Dead from Hollow Ponds, uh, from the creators of Hohokam and Wilmot's Warehouse, uh, except this one's about the afterlife. Uh, it's a timed exclusive, times console exclusive for later this year. Uh, yep, that's definitely his art style. Mm. Uh, Ricky, Ricky Haggett, I think it is. Uh, there's Bark, B.ARK, from TikTok Games. Uh, see, it's time for pugs, cats, bears, and bunnies to save the solar system. Our friends over to pir- pilot powerful yet adorable ships as you team up against waves of enemies. Side-scrolling shooter. Uh, time console exclusive, late 2020 for Switch. Uh, there's Cyanide and Happiness, Freakpocalypse Part 1 from Explosive Games. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is a uh, timed console exclusive for this spring, so probably in the next couple of months here. Uh, let's see, there's Summer and Mara, which looked uh, really striking on the stream. Uh, that kind of... Uh, so you take up your own island, explore the ocean as farming adventures, so a little bit Stardew Valley there. 
uh, but you can kind of explore these islands. Uh, with that, that is uh, also a timed console exclusive for the spring. Uh, there's Quantum League, which is a time paradox shooter, uh, which kind of reminded me of the uh, the game that Capybara made for the early parts of this gen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget it was. It was a side-scrolling shooter. Uh, similar kind of concept. You go around shooting enemies. Uh, when you die, you respawn with that uh, like shadow version of yourself still shooting those enemies. And so you can even uh, kill those enemies before they get shot or they shoot your like past self and uh, keep them going uh, in some ways. Uh, so that is uh, going to be out on Switch late 2020. I assume that's coming out to other platforms. Uh, they confirmed The Good Life uh, is coming to Switch. Uh, that is the sweary game from his new studio, White Owls, uh, where you're a journalist in New York. Uh, head out to this uh, English countryside uh, town called Rainy Woods. It's supposedly the world's happiest town. And you find out there's a big secret where on full nights, uh, the inhabitants turn into dogs and cats. And uh, it's kind of a bizarre game. Uh, as you would expect, and they just confirmed that it's coming to Switch later this year, which uh, is because the it didn't make the goal for that on the Kickstarter originally. I think it was just PS4 and PC, then Xbox One got confirmed a little bit later, and now Switch is. Uh, let's see, the next one is Pixel Junk Eden 2. Uh, as far as they've announced, this is only coming on Switch. I not mention any other platforms, but it's a follow-up to that one, which is a uh, one of my favorite games on the, the PS3. Uh, so I'm definitely looking forward to this. Has Bion back to do music and art for it. And uh, it's going to be out this summer. Uh, let's see, there's Feria uh, from Abraham Abraham. Uh, this has been out for a bit on PC. It's kind of a card-based, uh, tile-based kind of a, a card battling game. Kind yeah, of thing. I think it was, uh, I think it was uh, free on Epic a few weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it says, craft your deck, shape the battlefield, and fight for victory. It's out in spring 2020. Eldest Souls, which I mentioned earlier, is part of the Steam Game Festival. Uh, that is a time console exclusive for the Switch coming out this summer. And yeah, it's kind of a Dark Souls-style thing. Uh, seems to be just about boss rush uh, instead of taking out regular enemies. Uh, yeah, that's seems neat uh, moving out is published by team 17 I think uh, if you liked overcooked this is that but for moving uh, as far as like moving shit out of a house and into the place it's supposed to go uh, and a lot of the uh, the s- screenshots show like trying to do this with a plane that's flying over this highway uh, from your truck uh, lots of weird weird scenarios that kind of thing. So that seems like that would be uh, more fun like that. Uh, that is, let's see, going to be out on Switch on April 28th. I think it's on other platforms as well. I think the demo's out now. Uh, at least Switch and PS4 I've seen that demo on. Uh, so you can check it out now. And there's Skyracket, uh, which is, let's see, it's a mix of Shoot 'em Up and Block Breaker. Uh, I call it a shmup breaker. Uh, it's out on Switch later. Oh, it's out now. Okay. That is 15 bucks. Okay, I see what they're going for. 
Uh, and they also announced a bunch of other stuff at the end. Uh, Blair Witch is coming over to Switch from Bloober Team. Yeah. Uh, Bounty yeah. Battle is coming, which is a indie Smash-like uh, kind of game. Uh, they have a bunch of uh, characters from various ones. There's like Juan from Guacamelee, uh, the the Owlboy from Owlboy. There's a there's a bunch of them in there. The weird dude that has the the weird helmet from Blasphemous. There's a bunch of stuff on there. Uh, Dicey Dungeons is coming to Switch, uh, which is a great uh, uh, kind of like dungeon crawling dice rolling game, like a mix of uh, a roguelike with uh, Yahtzee. And uh, great art, great music. Uh, it's a Terry Cavanaugh game, so it's can be very hard and very funny at the same time. Uh, that is also coming. Ghost of a Tale is coming, which is a, uh, 3D, like, stealth action adventure game, uh, but featuring mice, mice and rats, kind of thing. Uh, that is supposed to be pretty cool. I'm not sure how it'll run on Switch, but, uh, Sky Children of the Lights, the, the newest game from that game company is coming to Switch, uh, which is already out on mobile, uh, which is very Journey-esque, but, Co-op focused. Uh, Super Liminals coming over to the Switch, and as well as uh, Wingspan, uh, which is a bird watching card battling game. Weird thing. Uh, yeah, there's uh, a bunch of indie stuff that's coming. I guess they set up their own uh, Twitter account now at Indie World NA. Yeah. If you just want to follow the indie stuff that Nintendo's uh, pu- uh, promoting. Yeah, a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, that yeah. wingspan looks weird enough that I actually would want to play it. Yeah, it just yeah. All right, so let's get to the rest of the show, and uh, I guess the the two bigger like announcements were the actual specs for PS5 and uh, Xbox Series X. Uh, both Microsoft and Sony did presentations um, this week. They were the mm-hmm. stuff that they would have done at GDC. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Sony was. It was Mark Cerny for about half hour, 45 minutes, just talking. Yeah. And Mark Cerny can make even the most boring technical shit um, watchable. Yeah, well, and I don't think there was a single flub from him for like 50 minutes, no. which is impressive as hell. Well, I can imagine that was probably edited. So uh, Maybe. Yeah. But what I will say is uh, I had to actually watch that twice because I fell asleep through it. Uh, yeah, so I, I seem to have found something that will, like, put me to sleep. Mark Cerny is apparently capable of that. He's uh, good at ASMR. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like that, yeah. Uh, on the other hand, he did have a lot of good information to uh, to get through. Yeah, uh, did a good job with it. Yeah, a lot of stuff in there that I feel like a lot of people overlooked, and which we'll talk about a little bit in the uh, when we're dialing the specs. Uh, yeah. What else can we uh, talk about here? Eh, well, we're going to do the Spectre. I think the one thing that was interesting about the PS5 reveal compared to Microsoft was I felt like it was the complete opposite of what we saw between the PS4 and Xbox uh, One reveal. Like, Microsoft, I felt, completely flubbed Xbox Ones. They completely just fucked it up. And Thanks, Well, I, th- I thought Cerny was fine. Um I thought um, the fact that they had what they had kind of kind of showed some uh, 
they're just their messaging wasn't on point like just the stuff with bc that they had to come out and clarify later you know shit like that like they could have done a lot uh they could have done a lot better and uh they did and yeah. i think that was a huge miss on yeah. them well this uh this well, wasn't supposed it's... to be a uh a for public consumption presentation uh yeah this was but... at least not as like the the focus thing yeah now here we are but it's yeah. The, People would have still paid attention to it if we had GDC, yeah. yeah, and given it the exact same attention, even though it's like this is not really for you unless you understand like what he's talking about here. Yeah. Well, if it had gone ahead yeah, the, of GDC, but, it wouldn't have been streamed. But the yeah, but the idea that people wouldn't be paying attention to it is stupid. Like, yeah, it wasn't for them, but now, especially with E3 being you know canceled and everything, yeah, people weren't going to be paying attention to it. That's dumb. Yeah, you yeah, know, that's what so, I was saying is. Even if it was GDC was going on as normal, yeah. they would have paid attention to this and thought it would be like an E three like presentation. Exactly, and it's like they would have been disappointed just as much because it's they're definitely not going for that. I think the whole announcement was titled "Deep Dive into PS five, PlayStation five technical specs." And it's like that sounds like a very boring thing for anybody that's expecting like game demos and all yeah. this stuff. And that's exactly yeah. what it was. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is though is that you know when you're when even when you're talking about this kind of thing as as a means to sell something um you know you can talk about well this does this this does this this does this you know it still has to translate into something and like the biggest yeah. thing on 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 point that Sony has is um is this SSD component that they apparently are just will beat the brakes off of Microsoft on. Um, and you know, again, that was just one of those things that they had to, um, talk about after the fact, you know, uh, which is to me, it's just, again, it's just a, it's just a miss, you know, in my what opinion. What did they have to say afterwards on that? Afterwards, they were just basically saying in terms of the, um, even Jason Schreier came out and talked about it and was saying, you know, he talked to a bunch of developers and they were like, you know, yeah, on, on balance, the, uh. The Xbox One looks a lot better, but the way that Sony is handling um, uh, dealing with uh, uh, the SSD is simply better than the way that Microsoft is dealing with their implementation. And so it's going to lead to fundamental changes like they brought up stuff like um, what was what was the uh, Star Wars game that just came out recently? The name escapes. Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, you won't have those things like where you're hiding loading screens by him, you know, sliding through a crack in the wall. Or not when you try to go in area and it just stops you for a few seconds. Yep. Yeah, exactly. No more elevator levels, that kind of stuff. So even though the Xbox One apparently has, uh, you know, more uh, floating point calculations, apparently Sony's big thing is is focused on the way that it loads stuff, and so that could end up being a a game changer, particularly with first party stuff. Um, that yeah. just wasn't wasn't talked about in the slightest, and it should have been. Yeah, and particularly if, if, if this was for a while on this, that was but like yeah, the first, but, like twenty minutes. Yeah, but he didn't talk about any specific technical advantages that it gives the PlayStation over the Xbox. And if you're, well, it's not going to really. No, no, hold on, hold on. The reason that I'm saying that is that the 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 what I've seen pushed out there is that, well, this really wasn't for public consumption. It was for developers. Okay. Well then if you're talking to developers, tell them why your system is better than the other than competitions. Like I don't think I've ever seen a reveal ever where Microsoft talks about PlayStation or vice versa, or their shit talking in that kind of uh, spec way. They just talk about what they're doing. Yes, they do. They, we have the most powerful console ever. 
that's just bragging marketing about, shit. It's not just this about is not him going. We've got this SSD that goes at this space. You're supposed to talk about what gives you a technical advantage. And if you're, if the whole point of this was to talk to developers and let them know what your tech is going to do, and you don't say what the advantages of your tech is over your competition, then it's a failure. That's not. They're almost comp- derelict in your duty. Yeah, I don't. It's, it's a worse agree with that. Well, okay, well, we can agree to disagree there, but if the whole yeah. point is, and and the and the the thing that I keep seeing people push is, oh well, they were, they were talking to developers. Well, then you didn't talk to developers about the main thing that differentiates you between the other guys. I don't know. I saw plenty of developers that were excited about this, or excited about the SSD especially. Uh, how it just make life uh, even a bit easier uh, than what they currently have to do. A lot of during like the final six months to a years, a lot of uh, tweaking their levels and all that to make sure that they can hide the the asset loading appropriately so that people don't see it. And here is uh, where this will... everybody has completely missed the point. Because, uh, yeah, Sony is claiming that like five, five and a half gigabytes transferred. Yeah, it sounds really great. Five, five layers of priority over two, which is what they're saying. I think it was six. Six, okay. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, irrelevant. Uh, because what Microsoft is doing on their end is basically removing the, the uh, storage as a bottleneck entirely. Uh, that SSD, the way that they're going proprietary, they're doing it for a reason. Because that SSD is directly hooked to the GPU. Yeah, see, that was the next thing I was going to ask you, Phil, because I haven't done a deep dive in the specs. And the only the only big takeaway that I had from looking at the Xbox One that kind of gave me pause was or the Xbox One Series X, whatever the fuck it's called now. Um, the big thing that gave me pause was uh, was doing the proprietary stuff. I was like, oh man, they're going to gouge people on this, and yeah. you know, some just straight NVMe. But the, I, um, I feel like it's two it's two different approaches, and both of them are valid. Uh, yeah. Sony's going as far as the storage; they're just going brute force uh, with as fast as they can, and allowing uh, uh, Gen Four SSDs uh, to be used as expansion. Uh, well, to a point, you have your SSD has to meet a certain spec, and they're going to have a, a list yeah. of qualified drives, uh, which you know is is fine and all. And for a lot of people who are going to do the research, figure out which ones they want to get, that's great. Uh, but you know. If, there's also the thing to be said to just get this thing, plug it in, and it will work. Uh, yeah, that that is if, – yeah. if they can keep the cost in line, yeah. that's actually something for a lot of people that will be good because then you don't have competing bullshit. It's just buy this thing and it will work. But yeah, you know, we all remember that, that bullshit reliable. they pulled with the 360 hard drives. Yeah, they I don't really think they can do that at this point. It's uh, yeah. yeah. At least it won't be a case for a normal hard drive like that was. No. Where people replace that and they found out like, oh, we lose BC access with this. Yeah. Doing this mod. And I think the largest hard drive they offered with that was like 250. 250. Yeah, 250 is the highest. But you could hack it and stick like a fucking uh, terabyte in there if you wanted to. You just lose some OS functionality with that. Yeah. Yeah. And that that was the big thing. That was my big concern with looking at them doing proprietary again. It was like, fuck. Yeah. Don't don't do this again because I feel like Microsoft has really overcome a lot of their fucking challenges from two two previous generations. With Seagate. And Seagate blows reputation. 
Yeah, Seagate sucks. Like, I would rather go with fucking Western Digital if I had my fucking because I've I've had yeah. six Seagate drives fail. Um, I've never now, now of course anecdotal completely, but I've never yeah. had a I've never had a, a Western Digital fail. On I it. think to be fair, like generally hard drives will always fail. Yeah, if you use them long enough, like that's fail. the that's just a matter of fact. But yeah, how quickly it does it is the big things. You want it to at least last like probably three years at least. Yeah, to the point where they probably have bigger sizes available maybe at the same or maybe cheaper prices uh typically so you can upgrade and that's going to be interesting for microsoft side because they didn't really upgrade their hard drive stuff on xbox 360 that much no uh, xbox one it didn't really change much either so yeah they just were they've always been completely against uh replacing hard drives internal yeah to that that's been the unfortunate thing yeah, it doesn't look like that's going to change much here, but they will yeah. allow you. To... People still find ways to do it, yeah. but they, you know, risk voiding their warranty in case something actually happens elsewhere. But yeah, that's seems like a that's their thing is going on in these uh, these custom made uh, drives. Yep. Which uh, will be one terabyte at the launch. Yeah. Who knows what pricing? Here. We don't know anything about that yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A terabyte on the uh, Xbox One, uh, well, Xbox X, and Series X, and uh, for some reason, 825 gigabytes. Um, yeah. I don't know how they came up with that number, but okay, that's that's what Mark Cerny said. 825 gigabyte internal SSD. Yeah, I think that's probably a supply thing. Uh, it seemed like they he was talking a bit about that in there, that that was kind of a, a sweet spot of price and. Uh, fit for their system for what they could get. Uh, and I assume that'll get bigger, but you can replace it if you want. Yeah. Uh, with a, a regular uh, what M2 drive. M2 Seems like that's gonna be... Gen 4, and it's got to be on a specific qualification list. Yeah, because they be... talked about the the six layers of uh, like bottlenecking yeah. that typically get from that they are working on uh, solutions that get around that. Yeah. And the typical ones have two, I think, and they would have to uh, figure out ways to get around that. So they're just going to, you know, whitelist a bunch of stuff. So, so they suggest like, Hey, wait until after launch, we'll get this stuff tested out and let you know. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised be if, if Sony actually did their own branded one to go end up doing. Yeah. Partnership yeah. with Samsung. So. Yeah. Partner with the, partnership with these companies like hey here's here's the specs we're looking for from this kind of ram if you guys want to make that stuff we would recommend it yep. this new uh new line of uh, uh market here i guess yeah so let's just... uh, get into the specs and you know uh, <laughs> compare horses here because uh there's not much in it between the two to be perfectly honest uh yeah CPU-wise, it's a uh, 8-core Zen 2. Um, good stuff. Uh, PS5 yeah. is at, uh, you got 3.5 gigahertz uh, with uh, SMT on. Uh, they didn't say if you'd be able to turn SMT off, but yeah. Uh, so 3.5 gigahertz, and that's up to, that's that's as high as it will go. Um, you think that'll be like a game-by-game basis where devs will mark what they want their game at? Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, it's also based on uh, 
you know, thermals and stuff. So, uh, although he, yeah. he did say that, uh, he was super conscious about thermal. Yeah. He, so he, yeah. he seemed to say that, uh, that it will probably stay at that as more often than not. Uh, so I'm guessing the thermal solution. I hope so. Be- I don't want a fucking jet engine under my, uh, my TV again. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, have a, I have a newer, uh, pro that we put underneath our TV upstairs I think it's. I got it during Christmas. It's brand fucking new. Mm. Sounds like a jet engine. I know the pros right. sound like jet engines. That's just that's the it's thing. Fucking ridiculous. Well, they are. <laughs> yeah. Well, they are turbine fans, so you know it's, it's there. Yep. So I'm, I'm kind of wondering what the uh, thermal solution for the the PlayStation Five is going to be. Uh, yeah, we know that uh, Microsoft went with uh, a weird. It's not. It's. Yeah, it's air chamber kind of design, which uh, supposedly works pretty well. And uh, the Xbox One X, as far as CPU, same thing. Zen 2, 8-core, 16-thread at 3.6 gigahertz, uh, and uh, 3.8 with the SMT off. Uh, Developers will be able to choose whether they run with uh, 8-cores, 8-threads, or 8-cores, 16-threads. And unlike Sony, they're not doing boost. Uh, They're on 3.6 and 3.8, and that's it. yeah, so they want to stay at that constant clock speed. Yeah. So hopefully their uh, uh, their thermal solution ends up working. Uh, I mean, with the size of the chassis yeah. that it is, it's uh, it's pretty beefy. Uh, let's see, 16 gigs of RAM on both. Um, weird choice on the Xbox One, on the Xbox One, the Xbox Series X, uh, splitting it into two partitions, basically. You got 10 gigs at really fast uh yeah, and then you have uh, six gigs for OS and stuff ap- applications that are at uh, a slower speed. Both GDDR6, but it's partition, so that's kind of weird. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, GPUs. This is where a lot of people say twelve teraflops. Yeah, it's great, great, great. Uh, and uh, the uh, uh, PS5 ten point two eight says, "Oh, it's not as powerful." There is one thing that everybody seems to have missed in the Mark Sarney presentation. Um, PS5 is doing has a dedicated geometry processor, so that's going to offload some of that. Uh, so that's yeah. 10.2. It's like fewer compute units, but higher frequency. Higher frequency and dedicated geometry yeah. hardware. So, Which all this is just, the games are going to look mostly the same. Like it's not. Yeah, I mean, like if you really go through, Xbox go through and them, it's, it's not. It's closer than any generation that ever has been, really. Uh, yeah, they're kind of all based off of the same tech at this yeah. point. RDNA 2 GPUs, Zen 2 CPUs, they're just custom versions that have whatever little nitpicks they want yeah. to focus on. What I find, what I find more fascinating same RAM is and all that. Yeah. the different approach to the engineering on how to solve the same problem. It's uh, Yeah. Yeah, I can't say Which that. is a good problem to solve because that's definitely been the issue for this and last gen is these games are fucking huge. It takes a while to, you know, install them and update them and all this. And Mark Cerny, especially in the in the conference, uh, the the talk was talking about how uh, when there's an update, it's uh, essentially downloading the, the new files that it needs and then creating a whole new file for the game. Yeah. That then they delete the old one, uh, and that they want to do any of this shit with the new thing. <laughs> like it'll just work much easier much faster and not have to go through that uh kind of process where you're just seeing like oh it's 
you know, finishing up the install thing, like sitting there for a while. Yeah. Cause it has to go through all this stuff. And yeah, I liked when he was, he was talking about the, 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 the bandwidth specs for the, the two and talking about, okay, for the PS4 hard drive, the default one, loading up one gig of data took about 20 seconds. And the, the PS5's SSD, uh, one gig is like almost instant. So two gigabytes is 0.27 seconds. Yeah. Which is like, 80 times faster. Yeah. Which is crazy. And Xbox One, Xbox Series X is not too much slower than that. No, it's not. It'll be a big improvement as well for general gaming. And that's, that's going to be the thing that's going to be amazing to see if that's, if the devs make the games around that stuff. Because the way Mark Cerny described it is he showed the map of Haven City from Jack 2. And you like, look at all these twists and turns and like maze like design of the levels, like, it's not just for the hell of it. That's to make it easier to, to load, load in all time. these assets, the loading these assets in as you're getting around. And it's like games don't necessarily have to do that just for that purpose anymore. No, which is huge. You know, Pat, you play NHL a lot. How long do you have to wait to load that into that game? Uh, like into the game itself, or to like from actual, from menu, menu to to game. Uh, probably, I've never actually checked, to be honest with you. Um, I could you probably like look at any seconds, of my, something like maybe. that, I guess. Yeah. And what do they do? They load into like a, the announcers are talking. Yeah. Before you actually get to the thing. Yeah. So, so that's all skippable. Yeah. 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 NBA 2K does something similar where they have a like weird pregame thing where Shaq and Kenny and all these guys from the TNT crew are talking and like halfway through, they're like, oh, you can skip to the game. Yeah, and it's like it was still loading. sports games without that stuff will be amazing because you yeah. can just get through fast. Uh, MLB, the show, does that for their career mode where since you're playing series of games against the same team, you can just load in the next game right away. Yeah, And it's all it does is simulate the results of the other games so it knows like what stats and all that there is. But uh, other than that, it's like, all right, you're into the next game. And it's like, this is how sports games should be. Load in fast and get around but since the ps1 generation it's always been fucking slow for these slow uh 3d games yeah and it took it's, nhl a while just to learn how to make it so you could simulate to your next shift in career mode yeah. um when you go off the ice so yeah so it's, it's like just, it's going to be really exciting to see like what developers are going to be able to do now that they've got this extra yeah. freedom uh, how much less bullshit you need in games <laughs> yeah like yeah, you know, people are mad about the the yeah. gears slow walk and talk sequence. That's really what it is too. It's basically a bullshit wrangler. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You won't have that stuff unless they just want to. Like you know the the ladder in MGS three. Hmm. That's partially to save low. That's also Kojima just fucking with you. <laughs> he would still do that. Because uh, ironically, he does that, and people are like, "Oh, that's one of the best things about the games." Just you go up this fucking ladder, and they just play the theme song. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's awesome because it's just fucking weird and stupid thing to do but it's awesome yeah they won't have to do that unless they really want to that's like and the, then you can straight up call them out on being an asshole for it mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. all people are going back and be like oh well it was right uh that death stranding is separating all of us mm. uh from each other all that shit mm. uh, it's like all right this guy's weird but he's got it so yeah mm. it's it's gonna be exciting because the only problem with like all these announcements and these presentations is 
we haven't seen any fucking games demoed for these new consoles. Yeah, no. We just had trailers that don't tell us anything. That is a hype killer too. Yeah, yeah. and I, I want to see, I want to see EA show off what Madden on PS4 versus Madden on PS5 looks like. Yeah, like how quickly you can load in, not just graphical, but just loading, getting through all the parts of the menus and all that kind of shit. Because it still takes a while in sports games to get around. Is has to load in like all your pictures for your players, all this stuff. If they're like MLB, the show mostly has character models, so it loads in the 3D models there. Yeah, nice. uh, it's like be a lot faster you know even yeah. in like rocket league i was playing it like you go into the the garage change like items on your car and it takes a little bit for it to load the the whole list especially for me where i have like hundreds of items hmm. and some of them and it's like that'll just be like instantaneous on ps5 and xbox series x that'll be exciting just have all those little bullshit moments of uh the game slowing you down uh, so it can just serve you the content that you're trying to get to uh, will be less of an issue. Yeah, and that kind of puts it now. PC is going to be kind of the the bottleneck as far as uh, SSDs aren't quite there yet. In the the way that these consoles are designed, to have throughput, is it yet, Phil? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, PCs have Gen Four if you're on the AMD platform. Yeah. So you know, the X570 is like one chipset that can do it right now. And it's it's still early days as far as that, but that's going. Yeah. that's moving forward. So that's sort of the problem with allowing the replaceable hard drives. Is like, there's still not that much out there. Yeah, not but much I mean, competition. By the, time much, the, uh, yeah. by the time PS5 comes out, that's that's going to become more common on PC. And by the time so. you'll need extra storage, that'll yeah, hopefully sort itself out. Have um, more variety and competition out there. Yeah, and I'll talk about game sizes though before we uh, move on because. Uh, uh, that's something that he, Mark Sterney was actually talking about, and that, uh, yeah, we're going to 4K, but uh, going to SSD is actually going to help us out with that as well. Um, yeah. Because he was talking about how uh, a lot of the times, to keep things sequential, they'll have multiple copies of a certain asset, uh, like, you know, a light post or a garbage can or whatever. Uh, yeah. To keep it... So he brought up Spider-Man, which yeah. he said, like, a lamp post might be in those files, like, 400 times. Yeah, now let's let's think about that for a second. You got the lamppost there 400 times. Let's just say that lamppost as model is a megabyte. Yeah. That's 400 megabytes. Yep. Yeah, and that's but then there's that, there's trash cans, there's yeah. newspaper machines, there's you know, that's a lot people. of bloat. Yeah. People you bloat. reuse people all the time, people character models. Yeah. Uh all this stuff. It's like a lot of open world games. That's going to be uh, a big help because essentially the way he phrased it is like the SSD is almost an extension of RAM. Yeah. Uh, so you essentially have, you know, 16 gigs of RAM plus 825 gigs of uh, space for whatever the game itself needs to take up. Yeah. Whether it's you know 10 gigs, 60 gigs, whatever, plus that, and it's like all right, this is all almost instantaneously accessible. So you don't need bullshit files, you know, so that it could push, you know, have these assets available at every part of the disk because there's no disk anymore. Yeah. It's it's just a solid file that it can pull out almost instantaneously. So yeah, like loading stuff is just going to be a lot faster. And I think he described it like used to 
fill your RAM with stuff for about 30 seconds worth of gameplay hmm. that you assume is about to come up. Uh, and now you can do it about one second, yeah. about as quickly as you need it. Which sounds boring as fuck, but it's actually I think it's going to help uh, allow for games to just change how they present themselves to you. Yeah. Yeah, you won't have if you remember GTA where you have to load into the next island. Yeah. Uh, that kind of thing, like yeah, where it does the fly out and then comes. Uh, Zooming back in, and while it's zooming, it's doing yeah. all the loading. Yeah. Yeah, or GTA's opening, where you sit there for five minutes, wondering what the fuck is going on. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, and you accidentally hit the online mode, and you're like, oh, shit, we're locked into this. You have to, <laughs> you have to load wait. back into the regular game if you accidentally hit it, that kind of stuff. Yeah, there won't be any of like that. Uh, hmm. And again, like, that doesn't mean every single game is going to do this, because uh, your Bethesda's, your Rockstar's, uh, they can find ways to break this stuff. Oh yeah, uh, potentially. Uh, okay. Maybe it won't be as bad six. as we'll find a way to load very slowly. Oh, I'm sure they're gonna load, <laughs> which will be fun because like the the Fallout and Elder Scroll games are full of reusable assets. Yeah, uh, we'll they'll just have to have the one. So. That too? Yeah. Hmm. yeah, and Microsoft and Sony have talked about modular games where you know. You won't have to install, you know, French and Spanish and all these other languages you don't need. Uh, you won't uh, potentially be able to just whole cloth delete uh, modes from the game if you don't want them, yeah. don't need them, and that kind of stuff. And yeah, they've been thinking a lot about how to rein in the file size shit that's been going on this gen, where people groan whenever Call of Duty Modern Warfare gets an update because it's usually like forty to seventy gigs. Yeah. yeah, it's oppressive. Yeah, and they have like multiple files, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, to load. So you might have like multiplayer campaign stuff on the dashboard, which you kind of want, but it also leads to a lot of updating. And they've been very much abusive at the. I tell people like, "Hey, we're going to try and work on this." Yeah, uh, that's been kind of a a big thing from this gen that hopefully we see marked improvement, but we haven't really seen any demos of that kind of thing yet, really. That will hopefully come soon, because uh, yeah. I mean, we're still a little ways away from holiday 2020. So... Yeah, we still got eight months. Yeah. And that's assuming Oops. that everything stays on schedule. Yeah, which right yeah. now is still up in the air. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Um, yeah, so I could see it instead of like being like the PS4 and Xbox One launches where it had like a million units go out that month. I could see them being like much smaller launches. They just get out shipments as they can. Yeah. Uh, and not yeah. try to front load it if they can't get the the manpower and resources yeah. to line up. Which for is going to present other problems, but we won't get into that. Yeah, yeah shortages. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Remember yeah, so. the PS2 launch? I still do. Uh-huh. And the PS3. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. So. And the Wii, mm-hmm. Xbox 360. Well, the Wii was a nightmare. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about the audio stuff that Sony is doing? Uh, uh, their Tempest engine. Yeah. Uh, they're mm. doing some very interesting 3D stuff uh, as far as that goes. Uh, this, basically, it's they're going for a simulated surround uh, based on uh, HRTF, which is a, you know, a, a model 
of a head. Yeah. Uh, head related transfer function. Yeah. HRDF. Yeah. Heard of. Heard of. Yeah. Uh, ideally, if you want this to be the most accurate, you would have to have a model done of your own. Uh, but what they're going to offer yeah. is uh, a few uh, different ones like that you can choose from and figure out which one is closest and sounds best to you. Uh, yeah, they also talked about like potentially having like they're going to keep supporting it, adding new ones over time. Yeah, uh, really finding ways to make custom yeah, ones. And that, yeah, maybe have like a game that adjusts as you, you know, go through the playing it and all that kind of stuff. Some interesting ways of doing that stuff. Hmm. Uh, but also talking about so mainly it'll work for headphones at launch. Yeah, uh, and they're working on ways to make it work on. You know, typical TV speakers, two speakers, TV speakers, as well as uh, like 5.1, 7.1 setups as well. Yeah, Uh, those will make it a bit easier. But he also talked about how this is not an exact science yet. Like people are still doing research and working on all this stuff, how to make it work. So it's going to be a thing that evolves over the life of the console. Yeah. Yeah, Microsoft yeah, this, didn't go this, into too much detail on what they're doing as far as audio goes, but I can't imagine that they would be they wouldn't be looking at this as well. So. Yeah, they typically use what is it, Dolby Atmos? Yeah, this is the thing you got to pay for. Yeah, to use so it, they can do their own. I mean, yeah, yeah. So. I think that's kind of what they have going for right now. But hmm. as somebody that uses a PSVR, the 3D audio stuff in that is really well done. Yeah. Uh, for not needing special headphones for it. Yeah, just regular headphones. Uh, and this is going to be like an upgraded version of that. Yep. Uh, which seems really cool and a really good way to get people uh, to use their headphones more often yeah. than they may already do. Because that's still one of the coolest things of this gen is, hey, you just plug your headphones in your controller and you can play it in like a private mode. Yeah. Essentially without blaring loud music or noises all over the place at night. Yeah. I, I just wish the audio quality coming out of the controller was better. But, you know, yeah. Maybe they'll address Seems that. like it should with this. Yeah. A better, better tech going into it. Yeah. All right. So that's the PS5 and Xbox Series X. Um, yeah. Holiday 2020, hopefully, if all yeah. goes well. Yeah. Prices? Seems, we don't know. Yeah. It seems like Microsoft's going to have to be a lot more expensive. Probably would be. Could be a hundred bucks more expensive. Yeah. So it seems like from what Sony was doing, they're going for the cheaper of the two. Yeah, I think they want to be under five hundred. Um, possibly, yeah, I, baby. Possibly four if they could hit hit it. Yeah. Hmm. I think that's kind of what they're going for is four hundred, yeah. but they probably go four fifty. Yeah. At worst. Yep. And they might just take a loss to hit to hit that four hundred. To hit four hundred, yeah. 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 So. People keep talking about the the cheaper Xbox thing, but they refuse to talk about it. Yeah, they they've been very reason. very silent about that. So. It's like you know you could solve the issue of the cheaper unit if you talk about it. Yeah, but nope. Seems like that you're, works. Yeah, seems like you're heading for a six hundred dollar Xbox Series X mm. from just how they're talking about this thing. Yep. Right. Yeah, you counter kind of terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, wrap up the show with some free games yeah. uh, since you're stuck. Oh, on the well, I, I, before we get to that, I just wanted to say what really bothers me so far about Generation 9 is that it's impossible to really uh, zero in on a defining um, a defining trait. Like, 
for Generation 7, you had HD. And while that was technically just a performance upgrade, it was such a substantial one because we'd been bottlenecked at 480i for so long that um, the move to HD actually allowed for um, an expansion of what console gaming could be. With 8th Gen, we didn't know right away, but um, very quickly it became apparent that streaming was going to be a big thing. And now pretty much everyone streams once in a while at least. And, you know, what is what is the thing that's going to elevate ninth generation? We still don't seem to know yet. Storage. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Seems like speed and less changes. bullshit. Yeah. Fundamentally, this changes how developers make games. Uh, and it also will change what kind of games developers can make. Uh, when you're not thinking, when you're not really too worried about bringing assets in, uh, or designing your levels to hide things that need to be hidden. Uh, it, it frees them up. We're getting to the point where, as far as the access goes, where it's very close to what we had back in the day with cartridges. Now, extrapolate yeah. that to um, the scale that we have now. A... I can imagine a lot of developers being very, very excited by uh, what they could potentially do. So this is mainly a yeah. correction of what we of what we experienced when we adopted discs. Basically, yeah, yeah. yeah. I really agree with what Bill said. Like they're 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 moving forward by you know looking at the past and seeing what made it great in the first place, and it's really the fact that you know the games loaded right away. Everything was on the cartridge, just centraled in, and we haven't had that that great as of late so yeah it's interesting yeah so. all right so this is the point that retails a huge uh a huge part of the industry that's slowly going away yeah not really and i have to worry too much about installing games from discs yeah all oh, they this will gen. have they will both have disc drives but yeah 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 it won't be at that for much longer yeah I think the one other thing that's really important, too, is that I think this might finally be the generation that equalizes um, the uh, essentially like a store system in the way that we have Steam and the way that, you know, in, in the PC console space, because um, that's one of the things that I think Microsoft is really going to set themselves apart with in this generation that Sony really flubbed at their uh, at their press conference uh, talking about the PS4 was generation. You know, at this point, you particularly at the beginning of generation, it's much easier to get people in the door if you don't invalidate what they've what they've bought before. And as we have people that have zeroed in on, you know, I want to go all digital. I don't want to carry this you know, these plastic games around and, and and this kind of stuff. Even though you know a lot of us here are like, yo, let's let's keep buying physical. Let's keep doing that stuff. Well, people- I do still think that sense of ownership has really been hurt by um, the, ne- the the necessity of patches. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I think I think the other piece of this that's going to be really important for for this generation is um, instilling that sense of ownership, so that. Um, and I think the way that you do that is through backwards compatibility. And Microsoft is already pretty much owned up to that this generation um sony did not at their current press conference and then basically kind of backpedaled um and said no no no, we're you know 
we're expecting, you know, I think they said like a thousand of the PS4 games to be uh, backwards compatible, but they they really didn't lead with that. They only led with like a hundred. Is it the overall majority? Yeah. Then Microsoft backpedal from there. We're gonna have everything to. We're gonna have. Or we've done hundreds of hours of testing. We're gonna expect to have almost everything. Yeah. So it's. I think this is. That's gonna be one of those factors that because these companies are 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 thinking about profits and and all of that. This isn't gonna be something that um, you know is is gonna excite shareholders but it's going to get the things that cause people to stick to their platforms. Um, and it is, it's very important because of that sense of ownership. You know, I think that's the one thing that Sony really did poorly this past generation um, is, you know, especially when you consider who their competition is besides Nintendo, you know, they've got, they've got the generations on lock. You know, if you're going with the PS4, you have three previous generations of, of games that people want to play and they've provided no way for them to actually do that. Um, and this was their generation to this upcoming generation is for their is for them their way to fix that. Um, and the fact that they haven't let off on that, you know, is is I think really telling. Sony has always had a had an issue in their management style with, you know, people that uh, you remember that famous quote like old games. Who wants to play that? You know, who wants <laughs> yep. to play those? Yeah. Um, I yeah. still hold that against yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, you know, Sony is is notorious for that kind of shit of like, you know, we only want to look forward. So, you know, this is this is how we behave. I mean, hell, you guys remember what they did? They were like, Rumble is so last generation. Yeah. You know, and then you could put Rumble in a fucking in a in a controller. They were like, it's that next gen shit, y'all. <laughs> you know, like that's <laughs> just was, Yeah, you know, they're fucking ridiculous with that shit. So yeah. um this is gonna be the the generation for them, I think, to really hopefully fix that. Because for for everybody else, everybody else is doing it. You know, mm-hmm. Nintendo's doing oh. it with their with, with the online stuff. Um, Microsoft has already got it in place with um, uh, with everything that they've done with you know every Xbox One game is going to be backwards compatible, and the stuff that they've done with the Xbox 360 games being backwards compatible. So, you know, they Sony has to gain a lot of ground on that because again, as we transition towards that digital space. You have to provide that sense of ownership. You just can't invalidate an entire generation's worth of games that people bought. In, you in can't. Defense, and then, though, um, if you like, actually watch that uh, that presentation, um, the way that Mark Cerny was talking was well to the to the point that he basically said that the architecture of the PS of the PS Five was. Uh, so similar to the PS4 that running yeah. PS4 games wouldn't be a problem. Messaging issue. Yeah, you know. And so but he, that's, listen, that's something that again we, we're yeah. going back to talked about a little while ago. Like the one thing that's interesting about this generational shift is that Microsoft seems to have gone last generation. We completely fucked the messaging and it destroyed us for an entire generation. We're not going to let that happen this time. Sony was the reverse. Sony was like just took every single thing that Microsoft did wrong and did the right version of that. And it feels like the inverse is happening now. Um, and, and I think, you know, that could be attributed to the thing that we always talk about with Eric and Sony, right? Like they're like, we're so fucking far ahead. You know, we can't tell that anybody's, you know, nipping at our heels. And that's kind of the way that they're behaving. Um, I don't it is, really it is think a- so with that. I would say we're too far ahead of launch to for people to be making uh, their hot take bullshit. Just, Trying I'm just, to drum up anger. So, this isn't so hot bullshit, Chris. I do this. I'm shit. not saying you are. I'm saying the internet, mm-hmm. like driving this up and getting super angry over this shit. And it's like, 
yo, let them fucking talk about this shit going up to launch because it seems like both are taking the slow approach uh, to talk about everything and explain everything that's going on because they're still finalizing things like testing all this BC stuff out and make sure yeah, absolutely. everything absolutely. goes out. And I think but that's a thing the that's – the internet that, is though, impatient. The important percent. part of that though is that you don't you don't have to have all of your plans in place to have your messaging in place. And like and yeah. they – they have the the funny part is is that they obviously have the plan in place because after Cerny's um, uh, presentation, they came out and they said, "No, guys, like because Cerny's presentation made it seem like there was only about a hundred games that were going to be backwards compatible at yeah, first." Yeah, he was talking and, about and, their testing of boost yeah, testing, stuff, yeah, exactly. So, which is kind of about unlocked frame rates and stuff, and we know how that stuff can go when you update your PC and try to play some of your older stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, whoa, Dark Souls is fucked up because it's made for yeah. 30 frames mode and now it's running at 60 and you die way faster because you're not – the game is <laughs> yeah. not a hand shit. And it's like, yeah, that's the stuff you kind of have to test for and make sure your new powerful console isn't going to make everything break in weird ways. Yeah. And uh, the one thing about that though, to be fair, and I know it applies you know, certainly on a per – per game basis but you also don't see that in the pc space like if i run an old game on a new rig it just it just runs and and you know you have to take into account like previous architectures but the ps4 wasn't that complicated like you could you could see that for like the ps3 but the ps4 what didn't have that that problem so you know again it's just about they don't have their messaging clear and that that's the thing that's apparent um and you don't even this far from launch this is one of those things that's not that difficult to say. Like, this is what we're aiming for. This is what we've got so far. You know, that's an easy yeah. thing that, that doesn't require a lot of thought. And that, that was really a missed opportunity. Now, granted, everybody on the Internet's probably, you know, a lot of these people that are doing those hot takes, um, you know, are, are nuts. But I've also seen, like, PlayStation fanboys, like, smashing their PlayStation 4s because Horizon Zero Dawn is coming to PC. Yeah. So I mean, There's a lot back. of stupid people on the Internet, unfortunately. If they're, they're the loudest. Mm-hmm. If they're yeah. being loud enough and saying the stupidest shit, they'll get pushed up to the front over the people that actually know what they're doing, yeah. what they're talking about. So, like, yeah, trying to find developers on Twitter, like, talking about the specs and all that. Yeah. It's very hard over people like, oh, PS5 is worst thing ever. Oh, they fucked it up. Ooh. Yeah. And all this stupid shit. And it's like, man, shut the fuck up, you idiots. Yeah, and the funny part about that, though, is that that's one of those things that does speak to, like, why the messaging portion of it is so important. You need to, unfortunately, you need to be able to dumb it down for these people that are like, so will my old shit work, you know? And that that part is a valid, it is a valid concern, especially, like, you know, because we, what we're going to deal with, I think, and we'll we'll probably see it, a a reckoning is probably a strong word, but uh, we're going to, we're definitely going to have this be a major component of this generation is, a gigantic swing to digital only and you can't you can't keep uh pushing that um if you don't give a people people a way to continue to use the things like i have playstation 3 games for example because of you know sony's architecture choices that i have limited space to hook my shit up in my house and you know i'm not gonna go and hook all that shit so it's it's a legitimate problem it's one of those things that you know, Sony could just get the message. Yeah. The fact is, the fact that they don't have the messaging on it um, tells me that it's something that is not that important to them, and it's interesting to me. 
from a business standpoint because it's obviously important to serve and it's important to people that are making a lot of these games because they know this is the kind of thing that also drives early ownership. But, you know, yeah. a lot of people in Sony C-suite aren't even gamers. So Yeah, but I think it's a lot of it's the, the people that are actively working on it are passionate about it. Mm. And the others are kind of focused on, I assume, like other stuff, getting that price down, making sure they're their production stuff is going to work out. Hopefully not get – the stuff doesn't get worse with coronavirus and all that. Yeah. Uh, trying to lock all that down. And I could see from a mile away this spec shit was going to cause a stupid explosion on the internet. Yeah. People mm-hmm. going, you know, 12 teraflops, 10.3. Oh, this Sony's dead. Uh, it's like, no, they're, they're going to be basically the same for the most part. But how do you teach pe- somebody as intelligent as Mark Cerny how to speak knuckle-dragging troglodyte? Right. No, yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, uh, it's nope. um, no, that that doesn't work. <laughs> That's why you need the the people writing about it to, you know, translate it in ways that people can understand. It seemed like some of that did not work out well. No. Yeah. Because uh, people are still going on about teraflops, and it's like. That's important, but not to the degree you people are making it out to be. Yeah. Right. This isn't like, you know, PS2, Dreamcast, Xbox, or like N64, PS1, Saturn. Like, there aren't that huge difference between these consoles. Like, yeah, yeah, it was much smaller. Yep. These are basically going to be the same experiences. One's going to look a little bit nicer, but depending on how much you care about that, so what Jim Ryan needs to do is hire a moron translator for Mark Cerny. Oh. I don't think I don't even think it's that. I think Jim Ryan needs to stay away. Yeah, just needs to go. I mean, he right now he's he's the honcho, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> he needs to be replaced. But Sony Sony has always had a history of dick bags in their in their yeah, uh, in their C suite. I mean, it's just always been. You remember the shit with the PS, the PS3 fiasco? Like, if yeah. you can fucking, if you can find anywhere that's got a fucking PlayStation 3 for sale, I'll give you twelve hundred dollars. All was right, that, bro. That was Phil Harris. That, that was Jack Tretton, and he's Tretton. he was yeah. one of the good guys. Yeah, yeah. Long term. Yeah. It's just, and again, you know, that's what you have. You know, if you're an executive, that's also something you just you have to do to a certain extent. That's why, frankly, somebody like like Phil and 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 somebody like a lot of um, were, were so refreshing for so long because yeah. the way that they behave is typically not what you see um, anybody in that, in that space. And we need so, so much more of that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah and to some degree, we're getting it, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not um, – it's not It's not registering with the mutants. Yeah. Can't win every battle. Nope. Nope. All right, so we're going to wrap up here. Um, before we do, just all rapid fire these here. So if you're stuck at home, might want some stuff to play, um, there's uh, some good free offers going on right now. Uh, yeah, itch.io has a bunch of stuff. Yeah, uh, both stuff on sale too. Yeah. yeah, they got a bunch of stuff that's listed as uh, in a sale for people that are hanging out inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, some are 100% off, some are not. Yeah. Uh, but then you could just check the general uh, sale list and find some more stuff there. Yeah. GOG has something similar. Yeah. Uh, a lot of like old stuff, some of which I assume might just come with a, an account. Uh, some of the stuff, yeah, I think I've recommended some of this stuff. And others are uh, some more recent things like Hello Neighbor, Alpha version, I guess. 
Uh, they throw in Gwent in there because it's a free-to-play thing. Yeah. Uh, some stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, for people to check out. Yeah. You got Tomb Raider uh, on Steam. Yeah, Tomb Raider, Lara Croft, and the Temple of Osiris, and Drawful 2 are free on Steam. Yeah. Uh, as well as the Steam Game Festival has a uh, uh, good 50 demos on there for people to check out. Yeah. And uh, keep yourself entertained for at least a chunk of the time that might people might be off because we have no fucking clue when any of this is going to end. That's the <laughs> no. sad part. Yeah. You just have to make do until you can. So That's why mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of uh, retailers for tech and whatnot are like, we're going to have curbside uh, pickup. You don't have to ever touch a person mm-hmm. or look at a person really. Just, which is like amazing for our Best Buy here because it's on a strip of uh, big stores and they they kind of have a place to drive up. It's literally the front of the store, yeah. just like angled uh, sidewalk, and you just kind of pull up there, I guess. Yeah, It'll be fun because that whole area is shopping, so I imagine it's mostly dead. Yeah, yeah. A lot of it's restaurants that don't aren't having live dine-in business and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so you see like two or three cars of people no I assume that are working or anything. Uh, I don't know. Well, I don't stick around long enough to see those kind of people. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's going to be weird. And it seems like a, a lot of companies are doing sales and such. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I noticed on um, on PlayStation Network they're having a really good uh, March sale. Yeah. It probably would have happened with um, coronavirus or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, over on the Switch, I want to make a, a special mention of Octopath Traveler on sale. I already own yeah. it, so I can't see what the price is. But it's half um, off. Okay, so that's a steal. And then yeah. um, it's also half off for Collection of Mana. Hmm. So yeah, I think all the Dragon Quest uh, one, two, and three games are on sale. Oh, saw those. Uh, not eleven because that's still Nintendo controlled for sales. Like Octopath, for whatever reason, went on sale, even though that's Nintendo. It's all weird shit, but yeah. there's a lot of cool stuff on sale. There's good, there's good stuff to um, acquire under the odds. Yeah. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think <laughs> Ubisoft has their stuff on sale for another day here. So if you want uh, Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle, that's a good one to get. Uh, Square Enix, yeah, they have a bunch of stuff on sale. Still not great prices on like Onanaki and I Am Setsuna and La Sphere. Those are like twenty-four to thirty bucks each. Well, uh, Octopath is still the best game to get out of those yeah. anyway. Yeah. Seven, Final Fantasy seven, eight, nine are on sale as well as ten, ten, two, and twelve. Uh, and the digital, the pocket edition of fifteen. Uh, yeah, a lot of stuff. Way Forward has a bunch of their stuff on sale for the thirtieth anniversary. Yeah. Uh, there's a good amount of stuff out there for people that want uh, some good games on the cheap. Yep. All right, so we are going to wrap it there. Uh, I want to remind uh, everybody, if you haven't subscribed to the show, you can uh, do so at anchor.fm slash update, and uh, you'll get our uh, meanderings delivered directly to your device of choice. Uh, you can also check out smashpad.com, where we've got our written content up there. A couple of reviews just got posted, so you might want to check those out. Uh, so for uh, Patrick Mushlin, Brandon Perkins, Chris Sologi, Danra Victorio, Teresa Sammons, and Lee Lamb, I've been Filippo Donolfo, and we'll see you next week.